How long were you at his house on the 27th? Probably like several hours. I was like shitting my pants the first time I was gonna visit him because I was like, I've never visited someone on a house arrest. How the f does this work? So I got to his house. There was a f police barricade around his entire street and there were police cars just like just sitting like sitting in the car yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. so i had to like approach the barricade and i was like hi i'm here to see sam a policeman escorted me to, to sam's door from the barricade and then i just like waited outside rang the doorbell and then sam opens the door in like his little his little t-shirt his little shorts and his little ankle monitor <laughs> just looking so nerdy so small what does he say like hi tiffany um well Matt is such a fascinating character, but he's also like one of the most blunt people ever with his own experiences and some of the stuff. Not just what he's done, but you talk about like prison and everything there. I know he was licking his chops, looking at this kid who didn't think he was ever going to do prison time and being like, oh, he's not going to do well. Oh, my God. I mean, I didn't know too much about him prior, but he was a good, um, good person to talk to about Sam in prison. I also like I'd also talked to Martin Shkreli a few months ago. About oh, Sam shit. Prison. Yeah. Whoa. But um. Yeah, so Sam, uh, Martin had a lot to say about that as well. <laughs> What's Martin like? I mean, are we are we filming right now? We're filming. We're oh. on. I don't want to start with uh, drama or anything. <laughs> I think I think we're already down. Well, I don't know. Uh, Martin's he was he was cool and helpful when I was asking him questions about um, how Sam might do in prison or in jail. Um, we had a little bit of a, a little tiff. Ooh. Like my name. Nothing that juicy. Nothing that juicy. Nothing that juicy. Nothing I want to expose or anything like that. But okay, um, yeah, so enough. I haven't talked to Martin in a couple of weeks. But um, he had he had interesting things to say about how Sam might do in prison. So. What did he think? I mean, he was basically just like, I mean, look at this guy. He's sort of <laughs> he's sort of effeminate. He's a little maybe maybe autistic. Like he's certainly not going to do so well. <laughs> Yeah, he's like this guy's gonna get extorted. <laughs> yeah, like that. I, I think that's the least of his worries. I think <sighs> he could probably afford the extortion, to be honest with you. I know, but yeah, he's just like the most meek, like timid, yeah. least manly guy I've ever met. I mean, this guy's not gonna do well in prison. <laughs> We're starting off tough right here. I know. And I don't even mean these as like, I don't mean to shit on him, but, oh, can we curse on here? You can say whatever the fuck you okay, want. Okay, cool. Like, I don't mean to shit on him, but I think Sam would say the same for himself. Like, he knows he's a fucking nerd. Like, he definitely is. He can't, he can't beat anyone up. He's no. not going to do well if anyone approaches him. He's also just not very confrontational. Like, he's not, he doesn't, I feel like I've done some things and said some things about him where he has every right to kind of confront me and be like, can't believe you said that about me. Mm. <laughs> and I've brought I've brought those things up to his face and been like, "Were you mad when I released that one like <laughs> that one audio clip of you talking about he made a lot of dark donations <laughs> to Republicans and then it got cited in the Federal Elections Commission oh. complaint against you and then Is you that got okay? that, yeah and then you got that count from the DOJ about your political donations was were you mad? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, it, it's it's okay, it's okay." <laughs> He's so non-confrontational. He's always been so polite and nice to me, but it's never said anything. Like, he's never been aggressive or, like, been mad at me for anything. So I'm just like, this man, when he's, like, actually faced with real, real men. Yeah. It's not going to... Something like that. I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous for him. Would you... If you were him, would you have talked to you? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised he would talk to me in the first place. I mean, first of all, I'm just not some big name... Journalist. Right. I'm, I don't work for the Wall Street Journal. I don't work for the New York Times. So I would just be like, who the fuck is this random chick 
on social media. And also the only thing I was really known for prior, and I guess you said that you followed me for like... I followed you for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then you ended up in his house. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So like prior to me covering FTX or Sam, uh, the only thing I was covering was Celsius Network's bankruptcy, which I was particularly upset about because Mm. as I guess you might know, and uh, most people probably don't know, but I lost 3.1 Bitcoins, 11.6 ETH, like... Over 200K at the time I deposited it into Ooh. another company called Celsius Network. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to it. Yeah. There, yeah. Wow. Um, but I, most of my coverage on social media was just me shitting on Celsius, me talking shit about the founder, <laughs> Alex Mashinsky, me being like daily writing him like, go fuck yourself, Alex Mashinsky. Good for you. Yeah. Good for me, I guess. Yeah. But like Sam having like his company collapse and seeing that on social media, I don't know why he was enticed to have a conversation with me, someone who's like notoriously been very hard on another sort of crypto criminal. Alex Mashinsky. I would be like, this girl is not gonna. <laughs> she's not gonna like me very much. Why so, did he reach out to you? And and like, when did you first tell that? Like, when when did you first connect with him at all? Just like a yeah. text or anything? Because you didn't okay. know him long yeah. before FTX fell. No, I didn't right? know Sam. Um, so after I lost money to that Celsius company, I just started covering Celsius's bankruptcy on social media, and employees inside of Celsius apparently began following me on social media and started sending me leaked information. They mm. did, I think one employee just reached out to me and said, hey, I really like your YouTube channel. And uh, I think there's some information that, you know, I think that you should be aware of and that other creditors should be aware of. So someone sent me a leaked audio file of an internal all hands meeting um, of Celsius Network, a now bankrupt company, talking about their, what they wanted to do with everyone's money. Hmm. So I ended up posting that on Twitter. And I also gave it, to, I gave it to the New York Times as well, and they did a story on it. But I, I posted the actual Whoa. audio on <laughs> on Twitter. So this was in September 2022, and the day that I posted that, Sam Bakeman Free just randomly started following me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking crazy. I mean, at the time, I had practically no following. I had just started using Twitter like a couple months ago, so I had probably a couple thousand followers, and that was the first like, oh, this is a big shot that followed me. So he was the first noteworthy person, I guess, that followed me. And I wasn't even following him first. I I didn't even really know that much about him. I just knew that I'd seen this guy's face on fucking covers of magazines. So he's obviously a big deal. So I think I just messaged him that day, September 13th, 2022. And I was like, hey, thanks for the follow. And he was like, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that you posted that Celsius audio. Where are you working during this time? Are you still working somewhere? Oh, I wasn't working anywhere. I haven't haven't had like a full-time job since college. I just – after college, I got offered a few jobs and I was just having a little existential crisis. I was like, what? I'm going to take one of these fucking cor- corporate jobs Good for you. and be someone's bitch for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm going to get two weeks off a year, be someone's bitch for what? To spend years escalating the corporate ladder and for like, what's the end goal? Just getting a little bit more money each year. I'm, I'm like, I would rather take less money and live like a fucking hobo than be someone's bitch. See, this is why people like you because you're real. You're <laughs> blunt. You. You're Thank like you. very to the point with things like... <laughs> Don't care what people think about it. Just and and I agree. Like there's yeah. so many people. I talk with so many friends of mine right now who are still working in corporate. You and mm-hmm. I were talking before. I yeah. worked there for a while. Yeah. And they're not all of them, but many of them are just miserable, it right? Even the miserable. ones making a lot of money because they're totally. report, just like you said. You you're someone else's bitch, Completely. and there's rules that make no sense that you have to follow because some fucking okay. lawyer somewhere said, "Oh, someone's gonna get sued for that." It's brutal. Totally. It's yeah. fucking not worth it. I mean. I don't I don't even see what everyone's end game is. I think most people's end game is just making as much money as possible and mm. they think that once they hit that end goal and they finally hit that I don't know what whatever career their peak of the industry they're 
they're wanting to hit. They think they'll be happy. And I'm like, they're I don't not. think you will, you will be. Hey, guys, I need your help with three quick things. And if you're watching me on Spotify video right now, you can see this timer to my right. It is going to be fast. Number one, if you are not already following the show, please hit that follow button on Spotify or whatever audio platform you're on. Number two, if you're on Spotify right now, on our show's homepage in the description, you will see a link to our Spotify podcast clips channel. That's right. We are posting clips from this podcast every single day on there. There is a whole library. So go over there and follow. And finally, number three, if you are on Spotify or Apple, please leave a five-star review. It is a huge, huge help to this show. Now let's get to the episode. And I feel like when I was getting out of college, I just kind of like looked, I zoomed out and looked at my whole life. And I was like, do you, do I really think I'm going to be happy if I end up becoming the fucking CEO. The SVP. The SVP. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't think I'll be happy if I end up doing that. So I was like, why even try? So I actually sort of just did the opposite right after college. And I just, I had my, my family gave me like a, like a gift after like some, some money as a gift after I graduated college. And, um, I just decided to use that and just go backpacking. So I just like set off like solo backpacking. Whoa, where'd you go? I went, I, it was, I think it was like over 50, 60 countries, but I just went Fit, all wait, over whoa, the fucking 50, world. 50, 60 countries. Yeah. I think backpacking, I'm thinking like Colorado or something. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> See, and I call it backpacking, but I had, uh, I had luggage, but I'll say that I call it backpacking just because I was staying in like fucking hostels and I was just solo traveling. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I booked a one-way ticket to, I think I started in Paris and I just booked like a cheap ticket. I think it was like, I think it was like under 300 bucks and I was just staying in hostels that I think at the time were like maybe in Europe actually hostels are maybe in like the $20, $30 range. If you go yeah. to fucking Southeast Asia, I was spending like three bucks a night, five bucks a night <sighs> with a free breakfast, like fucking Vietnam or Cambodia, those places like dirt Whoa. cheap. And then also in like Morocco, I was staying in hostels for like $3, $5, etc. So I did that and just went all over the fucking world. Um, I, I think I hit every continent other than Antarctica. And um, yeah, so that I did, I spent... Wow. Almost three years just doing that. Um, and it was just really aimless. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And three I was, years, though. That's like yeah. not – that's not three weeks. That's oh, a yeah. long fucking time. It was time. fucking hard. Like it's it's mentally and emotionally hard because yeah. I don't think humans are meant to just be Nomads. solo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like you're meant to have a community and stable friend groups and stable friendships and family, et cetera. Did you do this with any – like did anyone join you at spurts along the way or was no. all just you? I mean I just set off alone and I also think that like most of my – LA girlfriends like I went to USC I was like in a sorority none of my girlfriends were interested in doing anything like this so I just set off alone because I knew I wanted to do it and I just met people along the way so I like I don't know I probably I probably had like little flings with like an Australian dude and I would like go go. to a few countries that's right. Or like I've met. A you gotta couple. ride the wave a exactly, little bit. You know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> so like, and I've I've met a couple of my like best girlfriends um, through like backpacking, but they're all like from Australia or England or whatever the fuck. Um, so yeah, I I would have like little spurts with people, but most people didn't have like a year of travel. I feel like most people were kind of traveling for a month or so. So where was your favorite place? I really love South America. I mm. really love. Where'd you go there? I love Colombia. I mean, I didn't actually do that many countries in South America. I've been to Brazil. Uh, Argentina, Colombia. I think only those countries. That's three more than me. So hey, there you go. one day. Yeah, one day. One day, one day we'll get out of here. Colombia was sick, yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved Morocco. I feel like I just like the places where it was just so different from what I was used to. But mm. there are also countries where I'm like, I, I couldn't see myself moving there, but it was interesting. I just did, had... you, did you get to spend like time with the with the natives when you were visiting these places too or? God, it's so sad because I feel like when I was setting off my travels, I thought I was going to have really like 
an Anthony Bourdain-esque experience where I'm like <laughs> hanging out with locals and like understanding their cultures. But honestly, I feel like I was staying in hostels. It was a bunch of like drunk mm. Australian dudes and I would just like go out to bars with them. You know, I, yeah. like, I feel kind of bad looking back. I didn't really in, in, enrich myself culturally. You're so but, young though. Like what do we know coming that's out the of thing college, I also, you know? Exactly. And I was like, hey, this is my time to go drinking with random people. I feel like if I was to do this now, I like, I'm not going to drink with like a 20 year old fucking Australian guy. Sure. So sure, yeah. that was the time to do it. I got it out of my system. <laughs> I have no interest in doing it anymore. <laughs> Never again. Never again. I mean, I'm happy ho- to travel. What about if it was nice hotels? Maybe nice hostels. hotels, yeah, but that's expensive that. and that, that's when I need more money. Right. I need that moolah <laughs> coming in. Yeah. Cause it was so fucking cheap. It was so cheap. But did, so you didn't, you, you're saying you really didn't have any jobs along the way here. You oh, were yeah. doing random things. Like when right. you finished, were you thinking as it's coming on, like two years there, and you're like, shit, I gotta go home oh my soon. God. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, I was having an existential crisis because I was like, I can't do this forever. This is not sustainable. Sure. But I was like, then what am I gonna do when I go home? Do I ha- do I end up taking that corporate job that I didn't want to take? Um, so I kind of was just anxiously asking a bunch of other people that I met, and I was like, what do you do for work? And I was trying to like get a gauge <laughs> for what other people did and what they enjoyed. And I met a few people who were, I guess, digital nomads, which sounds so fucking scammy, you know, like the people yeah. who like sell their online courses. But a couple of people that I met were doing that stuff. And they kind of showed me the ropes in terms of like different online business models that they had done and they had tried. So, I mean, some of them were doing drop shipping. Some of them were doing uh, Amazon FBA. Yeah. Some of them were doing print on demand. So I ultimately tried out a bunch of those little business models and I ended up doing pretty well with making print on demand mm. stores. Um, I don't know. I wonder if I could like start one today if I, it would do as well. But I started making those stores like towards the end of my travels. And then um, I don't know the term print on demand. What do you oh, mean by that? So that's basically it's basically just like making a bunch of stupid fucking designs on Photoshop or I guess you could use other whatever program you want. But I use Photoshop and just make st- silly designs with sometimes just funny sayings, sometimes just hmm little pictures I drew. Oh my God, sorry. Something's in my eye. Um, And then you can slap those designs onto whatever product you want. So like a fucking mug like that, you can just put your design on that and you don't have to actually print it on. You just upload it onto a website Yes, and then um, it'll make a mock-up image that'll display on, you can put them on Etsy, eBay, Redbubble, fucking your own Shopify store. And then a customer can buy that item and then the company will will print that item directly or print the print your design directly sure. on the items shipped to the customer. So you don't have to hold inventory and you like there's no upfront cost. You just have to like put time in and make stupid fucking designs and upload them. Wow. So I I made a ton of stores. I've definitely like that. bought some of those. You probably before. have. Yeah. You probably have. You might not have even known because <laughs> it probably doesn't say this is gonna be printed on demand, but um you probably have. I feel like a lot of people probably have. Were you operating out of the US doing that? I did that. I think I probably toyed around with making stores as I was on my travels. And then I actually stopped traveling because COVID was starting to hit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that timing. Holy yeah, shit. totally. So then that made me sort of homebound. And then I cracked down on the, the print on demand stores. And some of the stores that I had made did super fucking well during the pandemic. I think just because people couldn't shop in, uh, in yeah. person anymore. So I was making a a lot of money on some of my stores. Definitely not making that kind of money now. But some of my stores were doing really, really well. And um, that's the time. I think that's around when the fucking last crypto bull market hit. So um, had you been the one that was in like 2017, 2018, did you have any awareness of that when it was happening? Oh, the last that bull market? The first one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had I had 
been holding Bitcoin. I don't know if we got into this, but I got my first Bitcoin in 2011 when I was still in high school. Whoa, 2011. <laughs> I know, but it's not because I was some fuck, fucking whiz kid genius who was like on my laptop. That That's where my head was going. I know, it's, that'd be way cooler. <laughs> but like, guys, I'm not, your girl's not that, no, I'm not that stupid either. But like, I'm like, it's not because I'm like some fucking nerd, like that read oh, the Bitcoin white paper. Um, but one of my relatives was a Bitcoin miner when I was in high school. And in 2011, I was, I think I was a junior or senior in high school. And um, for Christmas, he gave me a Bitcoin. In 2011, he was a Bitcoin miner. Yeah, yeah. That man was early. I know. Good for him. He's fucking doing fine right now. I was going to say, did he keep it? Or <laughs> was he one like, of those stories they lost in a dumpster used, somewhere? He's, he's sold along the way. But since he was Bitcoin miner, I think he's doing just fine. Yeah. He won't tell me how many Bitcoins he has still. Enough. But I think he's fine. He's like, yeah. don't worry about it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you didn't think anything of it, though. You just anything. had it. Yeah. So did he I, give like, you it on a hard wallet? He did. He did yeah. at the time. Yeah. And he was just trying to explain it to me. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm like, I'm like in fucking high school. I was like, I want like a car or something. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is a Bitcoin? And he was like, if you hold on to it, I promise you'll, you won't Just regret trust it. me, bro. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. And I was like, all right, what the fuck? I, I forgot about it. And then in 2017, I remember I was in Vietnam. I was backpacking in 2017. And then I was just like scrolling on Instagram and I was seeing all the memes about Bitcoin and like how it just hit fucking 20K. And I was like, shit, I have one of those. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, that's like when I first began, that's when I started getting a little bit interested in crypto. Like your girl's not in it for the tech. I'm like, I like the fact that the number went up. Yes. And I think most people just are unwilling to say that out loud that if it's not all of it, it's a big part of it. Completely. I mean, like whenever I would talk with people about how I didn't look at my... I didn't have any money, right? But I didn't look at my balance sheet of like Bitcoin because I viewed it as like a hedge, like maybe it would work. They looked at me like I had 10 heads. I'm like, I can't get caught up in this. We don't even know what it is. But it's it's still like the concept is very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's easy now to say, oh, it's all a fraud. You got a lot of arguments there. We're going to talk about that today, right? (laughs) But it's interesting how it's born out of, hey – they're printing fucking money around the yeah. world. The governments have too much control over stuff. So let's talk about this money on the internet that totally. maybe they can't control. It's an interesting concept. The execution over time, like I've I've gotten a little bearish on that for <laughs> obvious reasons. But it's I, I remember back in twenty December twenty seventeen is when I really started look or November, I think twenty seventeen is when I really started looking at it. And that was when it was like the height of that first bull market. Mm-hmm. I think you just mentioned that. But mm-hmm. You know, it obviously crashed to shit in January. But I went to I, – I had connected with a guy who had been the head of IBM's first global blockchain project at 22. Mm-hmm. This was one of those dudes mining Bitcoin in his dorm room at Georgia in like 2017. Or tw- I'm sorry, 2010. Mm-hmm. My friend's Lone Brakeville. Amazing, amazing guy. Very smart. And obviously he sees a lot of the tech behind it. And so he would take me to meetups in New York – with some of the guys who were actually building this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is during the bear of the market. I'm talking September, October, November 2018. And I looked around and I saw all the talent and I said, whoa, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, this is interesting. And it feels like when we then got that second bull market in like 2021, as the pandemic's raging on, mm-hmm. all the guys who might have actually been building things, like actual real coders who were in it for that reason – they got drowned out by the 99% of people who were like, yo, bro, buy my new fucking coin or NFT. Mm-hmm. And it just killed it for everyone. Totally. I mean, is that about right? I think so, too. I mean, there was just so much, like, so much hype. And I got wrapped up in the hype. Like, I remember yeah. seeing, like, I was holding Bitcoin because my relative had Bitcoin mined and I got, I had Bitcoin. 
And then I saw everyone buying ETH and buying NFTs. And I was like, oh, maybe this is this one's better. Maybe this one's better. <laughs> so Can you fucking do print stupid. on demand for NFTs? <laughs> I, know, right? I, was, I probably like Googled some dumb shit like that. And I was just like, mm, maybe I, I picked the wrong one. So I started dumping a shit ton of money into ETH like a fucking idiot. Mm. <laughs> so I let, and that's some of the money that I ended up leaving in Celsius. But yeah. So you put it into Celsius. And when Celsius, when did you say Celsius crashed again? Celsius halted withdrawals June 2022 and then went bankrupt July 2022. Oh, see, they were early. They were like, they were the first, right? Motherfuckers. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. Alessi, you had money in Celsius, right? Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Shout out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, like, I'm just thinking of the chart here. It started, it was full bull, like, March, April 2022. And then it, it took a dive, but, like, it wasn't crazy Mm -hmm. it really got crazy at ftx but celsius is getting killed long before that so they must what were they doing with it like how bad were their i'm gonna sound really dumb right now getting the wrong terms but how bad were they with like their ratios on on their balance sheets i think so i honestly think that celsius was worse in some ways than Mm. ftx but that alex mashinsky is just less of a good businessman so he ultimately ended up stealing less money but i think that some of the shit that celsius was doing was kind of more evil and it felt it seems like they were actually sort of a fraud for longer than ftx was um but yeah they were um let's see i mean i think there was an examiner's report that looked back at everything that celsius did and apparently like celsius had long told customers they were paying them 80 percent of the revenue they were generating and apparently they (laughs) at never point like at at no point in Celsius' history did they ever generate enough revenue to be paying out customers that much money. So <laughs> it feels like I'm kind of like, hmm, so they were paying out customers yield from maybe other customers' deposits for several years, scheme. which is the fuck exactly. So I was just going to be like, so it's very Ponzi-esque. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you will. Exactly. So it feels like Celsius was actually sort of a Ponzi <laughs> and and for longer than FTX was. And there's a lot of other shit that Celsius did, like, they were they were fucking degenning and buying fucking NFTs with some of our with some of our crypto and like mm. fucking just gambling. It's nuts. <laughs> it's I mean, crazy. we had a whole financial crisis over this in twenty in two thousand eight with the banks doing similar things that mm. I would argue actually wasn't even as bad, which is crazy to say. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all about proprietary customer funding. Totally. Are you allowed to use it to make bets? Totally. No, <laughs> you can't. Like, that's I, I wasn't as familiar with like what the timeline there was but when they when the problem started in June 2022 did you know right away all my assets in there are gone or was that you didn't find that out till later and you were just worried about it I had a feeling I mean Mm. I think that like Terra Luna went down. I honestly like wasn't oh, even yeah. yeah. So I think that's what spurred a lot of this. Yes. And I honestly wasn't following crypto that much. I honestly like plopped a bunch of my crypto in there without having done much research about Celsius. But I saw like fucking influencers promoting it and saying that you can earn yield on your crypto and that it's safe. And I was like, hmm, I have some bitcoins. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I love your girl loves passive income. So, oh. so I was like, I'm just putting a shit ton of my money into this. It's fucking stupid. Um, but I in June I remember getting a notification that says that we're pausing withdrawals never quote good. unquote pausing never good. <laughs> i know i'm like you guys aren't fucking pausing withdrawals you guys no. are fucking over this is fucking done so i think no. i knew at that moment i was like this is not unpausing and i was like once you unpause this every fucking customer is taking their money out so you guys are fucked anyway so i was like either way this goes you're fucked so was I, that like all your money in there um i had i had some other crypto on like in like cold storage but it was the majority the line it was the lion's mm. share of my crypto and savings so you just had your savings pretty much wiped out yeah you don't have a job yeah you're pissed yeah righteously so yes and you decide i'm gonna start reporting on this well yeah so like 
June, that was that was in June or July 2022. And a couple months prior to that, I had just gone through my first real breakup, like my first very serious mm. breakup. So I was already like in my lowest state. So I was like, okay, lost, lost your man. And then like a couple months later, I'm like, lost all my money. I literally <laughs> was, I thought I was going to fucking kill myself. Like I was so, so low. Like I, I was just like in bed, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I didn't have an actual like real job. And I was just sitting in bed. Immobile. Are you in Vegas now? That was in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forget if the pandemic was still going on around that time, but yeah, I think I was, I was still in Vegas. Um, but yeah, I was just like immobile and I was just trying to do new things so that Mm. I didn't like fucking off myself. (laughs) So I was like volunteering at random shelters and trying to just keep myself busy. And then one of the things I was trying to do just to keep myself busy was just like, I guess I'll just make a YouTube video and like (laughs) plop it on YouTube and see what happens. (laughs) Talking about your whole experience at Saucy obviously. Yeah, Mm. my YouTube video was just, I lost, I think the title was like, I lost over 200K. Do we have that video? Can we pull that up? Oh God, it's so fucking cringe. It's the very first one you posted, right? Yeah. All right, I won't do that to you. Okay, it's going to make me cringe. I I remember like there's a line in it that gets quoted a lot when people like do, um, when people interview me but I think I was just like I think I was like oh I, I just got railed by Celsius and then I wrote on top of it like tiny Asian girl gets railed by Celsius and like <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking ABC News interviewed me and they pulled that clip and I was <sighs> like this seems like a little inappropriate for you guys but okay <laughs> hey look they gotta compete with the internet they, now. that's true they're, they're, that's stri- true. they're stretching that's the true. boundaries right there you I was know? like I'm surprised you guys use that but alright especially when they do like social clips now they pick the juiciest stuff that's for that and I'm like alright you, you guys are trying to I'm keep like, up with the internet you guys are in you. with the cool kids yeah like, that's okay. it <laughs> so so then the employees in the company I guess this goes a little bit viral right. so you're known you're also like relatable because there's a lot of people like you out there who have lost their money. So employees starts hitting you up like randomly at that point with anonymous tips. Like were they giving you, I guess it was recordings and stuff like that. Yeah. It just started with one employee and yeah, he, he just knew that I'd lost money. He knew that I like, I had a following of other Celsius creditors and I think he just wanted me and other creditors to know what was going on inside the company with all of our fucking money that was trapped there. So it like makes sense. Um, so yeah, I posted that and then I feel like it got other employees who were just sort of gr- disgruntled and angry wanting to share some other leaked and in- like other leaked bits of information and they um, just started reaching out to me. So it became sort of a, just a ongoing thing where I was receiving a bunch of leaks from employees at Celsius. So it started with one and then it became like a lot of, a lot of employees. But as you said, I, this was still at a point where it's not like you have a big following. Totally. You're really grassroots citizen journalism totally. here, but they're trusting you yes. to send you this stuff and you're putting out good information. You're getting info that, I mean, when it comes to SBF, it literally ended up in court. <laughs> but now we're in, I'm guessing this is when we're in like September, October-ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So SBF randomly follows you. You told that story. Yeah. And that was the extent of your back and forth with him, basically? Like, thanks for following me, and that was it? Yeah. I mean, in September, when he followed me, it, it was just a couple messages back and forth. And he was like, yeah, I thought it was interesting that you posted that Celsius leak. Um, and, yeah, I think the conversation ended there. And I think he had commented on a couple of my posts. Like, I would just post something of me kind of talking shit about Celsius, and, and Sam would comment, like, LOL, or whatever. And he also... <laughs> <laughs> I remember he also... People thought it was fucking weird that Sam, this fucking big shot, and at the time that he was following me, he was still the golden boy of crypto. Everyone was yes. still looking up to him. So people were like, why is Sam bakeman Freed following this, like, random Tiffany I can think girl? of a reason or two. <laughs> can we pull up his girl? I'm sorry, I gotta do this. Caroline Ellison? Oh. <laughs> I mean... You know, you're a good-looking girl. Like, I, this is, like, painfully... You ended up being great at your job, though, too, so it worked out great. 
But like, imagine if you weren't good at your job, people would be like pissed right now. That's so true. you're like a G That's at this true. stuff. That's so true. it worked out well. But That's I mean, so funny. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. For, I mean, for a billionaire, bro, come Dude. on, you could look like a trash heap and not. Come on, Mark, get that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get canceled. Oh, Caroline, if you're out there, I would uh, like to talk to you one day. That's. Uh, I don't want to laugh man. at you because I want. I want to talk. All right, to Caroline. you're there for the record. Like, come on, like for a billion, for a billionaire energy. Come on, man. Dude, that's why. Like, that's why. So Sam. We, we've talked about not not necessarily like about Caroline, but obviously like both of us are aware uh, that people have brought up like, are are we dating or are we fucking? Yeah, dating? but I've talked. Yeah, to Yeah, I about never this. thought that. I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, so like I've asked, and I've talked to Sam about his past relationships, and he's like, oh, I I literally don't even care. I don't care what a girl looks like at all. And I was like, really? And I feel like with any other guy who says that to me, right? Well, because like any other fucking guy who said that to me, I'd be like, you're fucking lying. You're fucking full of shit. But with I Sam, him. Sam, I'm like, I actually fucking believe you. I wholeheartedly believe that man because <laughs> that's this is one of the things I wholeheartedly believe that Sam has told me, and he was being honest. But I'm like, <laughs> when you're a fucking multi billionaire, he had th- like what? Th- $32 billion at some point, and um, he told me at one point his net worth reached $100 billion mark to market, and he, he was dating Caroline. I'm like, you know what? Also, I'm not trying to shit on Caroline's appearance because one day I'd, lo- I'd love to talk to Caroline. For the, you're on the record. I'm good over <laughs> Yeah, you can, you can say whatever you want, but I am like, I don't think he cares about looks. He's, he's okay. not superficial. Real quick, to all my Discord people out there, the Julian Dory Discord is officially live. I put the link down in the description below. So go hit that, join the community, and say what's up. There's all kinds of features in there, and I look forward to hearing from you guys. Let's get it popping. Um, oh, shit. I forgot how we got to that point. What were we talking about? We were talking about how you ended up talking with him, and it was only like oh, a yeah. text back and forth, and then yeah. literally less than right. two months later, I think it was like November 9th or something like that, yeah. eight, somewhere in there, 2022. Yeah. Yeah, FTX, November. kaboom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we hadn't talked since September. He commented on a couple of my posts. He also commented like, oh, I'm following Tiffany Fong for her Celsius leaks because people were asking, why is Sam Bakeman freed following Tiffany Fong? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so in November, November 11th is the day that FTX actually filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy after, you know, all the drama with CZ and everything like that. I don't know if everyone's familiar with all of that, but. We all know that FTX filed for. We're going to talk about that. Okay, it's not okay. So um, that day, November eleventh, I was like, okay, I have that guy. We we've we've DM before. <laughs> that guy. I mean, that yeah. guy. You know, we've talked. We've talked before. Only the biggest name in the world right now. <laughs> I was like, we have a line of communication open. Not, <laughs> this man is not going to fucking respond to me. I was. I swear. I was like, this this guy's not going to fucking respond to me. When a guy's when someone's company goes down and they're being potentially like maybe might be indicted for a lot of fraud. I'm like, they shouldn't be talking to fucking anyone in the first place. And I was also like, dude, who the fuck am I? There's probably Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, New York Times reporters trying to talk to him. Why the fuck would he talk to me? So I, but I just messaged him. I was like shooting my shot. And I was like, hey, Sam, there's obviously a lot in the news right now about FTX. (laughs) 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 And I was like, would you be willing to chat with me and tell me your side of the story? Do you have that DM still? I, ooh. Just yours. I, okay, his, so honestly. his answer. So I think I have it screenshotted if I find it somewhere, but I actually remember I was kind of embarrassed by that. I was embarrassed at, by sending it because I was like, he's not going to fucking respond to me. It's kind of like when you send a drunk text and you like mm. are embarrassed by it, you delete it. I think I like felt cringe that I sent him a message that like got <laughs> rejected. <laughs> So like I think I have it screenshotted. Like I didn't delete it for like some weird reason, but I, I feel like I was just like, oh, he's that was cringe. I shouldn't have sent him that. <laughs> so I think I deleted it. 
So and it, I went by, it, like five days went by without him responding to me. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have sent him that. <laughs> but um, then on November sixteenth, uh, at twelve thirty a.m., I'm on a fucking date in Brooklyn. I'm at a oh, dive bar. Oh man, bad timing, <laughs> dude. I'm drunk, and I look at my phone. Message from Sam Bankman Freed. <laughs> and it was like... You show that to your date? Like, yeah. Dude, I did. I did. Well, it's even funnier. So, okay. Message from Sam Bankman Freed. It's one of those, like, side hearts, like an arrow and a three. And then he was like, hey, happy to chat. Free for the next hour or so for what it's worth. So, I'm like, holy shit. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. <laughs> I'm like, Sam is, wants to talk right fucking now. I showed my date. And my date is actually someone who lost a fucking shit ton of money to FTX. <laughs> Oh no! I actually met him like through crypto shit, and he 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 didn't give me the exact amount, but he said that he lost in the millions of dollars. <laughs> so yeah, good for you. Still going on a date with him. I know. Respect. I, like, like your girl doesn't. <laughs> don't Sam call doesn't you care a money rubber. Exactly. <laughs> Sam doesn't care about looks. I don't care about money. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god! So he was just like, I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And he was like, go, go, fucking talk to him. And I was like, what should I ask him? He was like, ask him where my fucking money is. <laughs> So what's that? What's that? You're a little drunk. You're in the bar. Do you yes. like walk outside? I like. I think I, I, I like ran home. I like ran home, kind of drunk. And on my way home, I'm like texting everyone in my phone book that has anything to do with crypto <laughs> or even knows what crypto is. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what would you ask Sam Bankman Freed? What would you ask Sam Bankman Freed? And it was like 12:30, so I was like, no one's gonna respond to me. I think I got like one or two responses of like some random questions. And I also just started scrolling on Google and just looking at headlines and like seeing random headlines and not actually reading full articles. Um, and I just wrote little notes about like little things maybe I could ask Sam because I wasn't really, I wasn't expecting him to respond. So I didn't sure. have like questions prepared. Um, so yeah, I drunkenly ran home and hopped on the phone with Sam and that was my first interview with him. And that's the one was that, that recorded. Yes, it was recorded. And it's the one that he admitted to me that he donated a lot of money dark to Republicans and that ended up being a very oh, big shit. deal. Cause that, yeah, that ended up in, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, I also was very respectful in that call because, like, I removed every single thing Sam said was off the record. Do we have any of that call? Can we pull that up? Is that on your YouTube? It is on YouTube. Oh, yeah. All right, let's 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 pull that up. Sure. And then on this one, Alessi, I'll have you turn on your. We have to figure this out with the A10 with Danny later, but I'll have you turn on your volume on the computer, and we'll work in the volume later on the post edit. Okay. So we got to go all the way down, right? This is the um, right here. So. I'm going to see what the name is. Let's see. The name is... Is it the most popular, you think? I think it is the p most popular video. Which, by the way, oh, at okay. Tiffany Fong on YouTube, everyone go follow. Aww, and go thanks. follow you on Twitter, too. It's Thank at you. Tiffany Fong on Twitter. At right? Tiffany Fong with one underscore on Twitter. Oh, Hopefully I can knock out. Underscore. I know. I need to knock out so Tiffany Fong, whoever the fuck she is. So tough. It's over for you, Tiffany Fong. All right. Maybe... Right here, right? That one, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, let's turn this on. Can you just pump the volume up? Oh, we, we got you on the wrong account. We got you on the ads account. Dang it. Like, we obviously don't have to listen to the entire Look, thing, but... I don't but, think um, that the worst things that are said are true, probably hear but, that. like, right, you don't get in this situation that we got in if you, like, are... Uh, if you make all the right decisions. Like, if I, you know, it's like, I hadn't, if I'd been more careful, I there's a billion things I could have done. There was something about a backdoor that allowed you to execute commands that could alter the company's financial records without alerting others that this was put in place. I think that was a Reuters article, which made it seem like you secretly were moving money in the background. Wait, and this is something that I would be doing? It kind of said that SBF put like a secret backdoor so that he was moving funds to Alameda 
and it was undetected. Good question. Like, this is something that you put into place, though. potentially? I mean, that's how it, it read? Well, that's interesting, because that, I can tell you, is definitely not true. I don't even know how to code, is the honest, embarrassing answer. I certainly wasn't, like, building some backdoor in the system. I could barely use the system. I'm not, not, not sure. I use the system, I use the system from a user interface perspective, um, but I, uh, I literally never have opened the code system. It's long, so we could probably jump to, like, um, the best bit. Which bit do you want? Um, I think, okay, there might be timestamps. There might be timestamps. I think that the... Uh, the oh, yeah, read the timestamps. The part that everyone really thought was a big deal was the um, political donations one. So I think it's called, like, de- de- donations to Democrats. Bohemian, S- donations oh, that one I, also, this one I also thought was interesting, too, but... Um, Wait, we're on it. 1254, right? Donations okay. to Democrats? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, right. I... Uh, I donated to both parties. I donated about the same amount to both parties this year. That was not generally known because despite Citizens United being literally the highest profile Supreme Court case of the decade and the thing everyone talks about when they talk about campaign finance, for some reason, in practice, no one can possibly fathom the idea that someone in practice actually gave dark. What the fuck was he doing so, in the back? I don't know. All my Republican donations were dark. On the beach uh, in the Bahamas. Um, and the reason was not for regulatory reasons. It's because reporters freak the fuck out if you donate to a Republican. They're all super liberal and didn't want to have that fight. So I made all the Republican ones dark. Um, but I was second or third biggest Republican donor this year as well. Girls was all for the primary. They didn't give anything to general elections. They don't give a shit about general elections. It's not what matters. Like, it's the primaries where, the, where you oh candidates against bad candidates. All right, pause that. Yeah. That's perfect. So that was the one that everyone freaked out about. I, I honestly, at the time he was telling me that, because I didn't know that much about Sam Bakeman Freed. I didn't know what things were public and weren't public. I was like, I don't know if this is public or not. I didn't, I didn't think that much of so it. So you didn't, you didn't realize like, got him. I didn't know that was like a big fucking scoop. I was like, maybe this is already public. I don't oh know. my God. But this, this got cited in the fucking FEC complaint against him. It got cited in like tons of publications. I was like, oh shit. That was wild because he was so public about like, oh, he's this huge democratic, democratic. donor yeah. and everything. And he would be pictured with them in public. But then you see him. He's making friends with all these major people in society, and you know he's making friends with Republicans and Democrats, and you're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How's that? If he's this, like, they were yeah. call, they were putting him in, like, a label with, like, George Soros. And I'm like, uh-huh. last I checked, George Soros ain't running around with everybody, right? There's some people, they don't fuck with him, but everyone loves this guy. It's got to be a logic. There it is. Got him. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't even on purpose. Sorry, Sam. Uh, Didn't mean to do that to you. I, I don't know if people... I mean, we were talking to the mics when it was happening, but the fact that those are waves in the background is the most perfect <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, that's oh this God. is the thing about this guy. The lack, the utter, complete disregard of self-awareness. He has to come by it, honestly. I mean... When you look again, you know this guy can do a math problem or two. I'll oh, bet yeah. he can calculus his ass right the fuck oh, yeah, up out he of can. there. But when you listen to him talk, your thought goes to he's not all there. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you do. Like there's, you can't tell me. I know. And we'll. I don't want to skip ahead. I, I want to stay with this. But you can't <laughs> tell me, for example, that this was all like he definitely did a lot wrong. Let's be very clear about that. But like he came up with all this. He did all this. Get the fuck out of here. That guy, he gets a flat tire. He's dying on the side oh, of the road. Yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. like like he's, he's gonna die there. Oh, he's yeah. gonna be like, well, 100%. I guess I guess it's over. I like, guess <laughs> you know. Ugh. 
100%. But you get this done. This is November 16th yes, now, November right? Yes, November 16th. And I actually sat on this because I was like, hmm, do I do this like like a normal journalist does? And I like write an article about it? Like Sam kind of gave me free reign. He was like, okay, so he, he, he didn't say exactly what I should or shouldn't do with it or whatever. So I was like, oh, do I write an article? So I was sitting on this for a few – for several days. Then on November 20th, I actually just messaged him again. And I was like, hey, would you be willing to chat again? <laughs> so it was four days later. And you still haven't put it anywhere. I haven't put it out. And he was like, yeah, let's hop on the phone. <laughs> so I have an, a second phone call with Sam on November 20th. And that one I actually haven't posted the majority of it because we I did like a normal interview with Sam. And then we just talked on the phone for like Three to four hours. Off the record? He didn't – so he, he was going on and off the record during the interview. And then we just sort of started talking about our lives. He started talking about like his depression and I was talking about my depression. And then we were talking about relationships and what it's like to date in the Bahamas and, you know, things like that. Alessi's fucking crying over here. <laughs> I'm, I, for the record, I was good on that one. I stayed quiet on that one. Whoa. I did. What would I say? I mean, we read the stories about dating in the Bahamas. I oh. don't know if that's oh, what the, I would call it. The poly but... shit? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, no. What that man it? was not having orgies. You don't think so? No. I've asked him about that. You know He's... what? All right. Go with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's hear no, it. No, he wasn't having orgies. I mean, so he was like, he was like, okay, there were, there were a couple of us that were in, like, the Bahamas penthouse that were previously polyamorous, like, in our prior dating history. Can you define that for people? Well, that's the thing. I've been like, Sam, what does polyamorous mean to you? <laughs> so I was like, I was like, okay, so orgies? And he was like, oh, no, 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 not orgies. And I was like, so what, what does polyamory mean to you? And he was like, so, you know, like, when you're dating one person and then you're also dating another person. And I was like, all right, so you're, are you all dating in a triangle or you're all dating each other and he was like no 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 and i was like so um what else did i ask him i was like okay so is that like what you when, when you were, were dating caroline ellison were you guys like dating uh, other people and she, he was like oh no, no not when not when you're in a re- relationship no and i was like so <laughs> that's just fucking dating <laughs> like so you're going on dates with one person you're also going on dates with another I don't know person if they were going anywhere <laughs> I'm getting some images in my head I'm never going to get out right now. You just see, like, Sam Bankman, like, hey, you want to do an Eiffel Tower? Like, <laughs> come on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, he could not. He could not. No, he said that he's never had an orgy. He's where never... did the, in fairness to him, let's be fair, where did that orgy rumor start? Was, it started. Because that, that had to be right after this all broke, yeah. and obviously you have no good press. No, so Tracy Wing is actually, like, she wrote an article, and she wrote an article about how there was a cabal of like roommates living in the Bahamas. And I think that the way it was worded made it sound like they were having orgies. And she even like feels guilty because she actually did a Rolling Stone profile on me because she's at Rolling Stone now. But so we talked about this and she was like, oh, I feel bad about that article because it started all those like polyamory rumors. I think she also noted in that article or maybe someone else noted that Caroline Ellison had written about polyamory before. So Caroline was definitely polyamorous beforehand. Mm. And Sam said that like a couple of the other people that were living in that Bahamas penthouse were historically polyamorous. But he was like, there was no... there were no orgies at the Bahamas penthouse. Who is she house. polyamorous with? Caroline gets laid more than I do, man. Dude, Caroline already has a fucking boyfriend. Caroline and Sam are over. She was she was a witness at his trial. She goes on the stand. She talks about her fucking new boyfriend. She has a new fucking boyfriend. I'm like, I, I, I haven't been dating. <laughs> I'm like, how is she doing? Well, this? there's hope out there for everybody. There's hope out there for everybody. I guess so. 
She's got a new boyfriend. I'm going to get in so much trouble if I keep going on that. I got to <laughs> stop. I got to stop. Oh. It's easier because they're like criminals, so you can kind of. That's true. That's People why I'm like so loose with it. But that's still. True. Okay, okay, so you talk with them on November 20th mm-hmm. now. It's four days yeah. later. You are sitting on a bomb. Do you Have you shown this to anyone in your life at this point? No, I was like shitting myself. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What oh, do I do? so you don't even, you still don't know so you I have a bomb. I was freaking out. Yeah, I actually didn't, I didn't know that that audio was a bomb. I, w- I, I knew that this was an important interview because at the time, Sam had not done his media tour yet. So this was November 16th, November 20th. Sam started his media tour. He went to the New York Times um, Deal Book Summit on the 29th. So there was a whole like oh. week and a half in between my interviews with Sam and him going off on that media tour where I was just sitting on these fucking interviews. Like I had done them already and I just was like, I don't know how to put these out. Like I was like, do I put these on fucking YouTube? That feels like stupid. <laughs> no, that's a good call. Yeah, but I didn't know what to do. And I had like no following at the time. I was like, no one's going to even listen to this. That's but. how you start though. That's true. You post some. I mean, that was the one where he was like, yeah, I, I've, I've had a really bad week <laughs> with, the, with the deal book summit. That was yeah. like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So you, what date did you put up this? I, I, I didn't okay, look at the so stamp. the thing is that I heard he was going to do the New York Times deal book summit. And I was like, Nope, right. I'm, I was like, I'm putting it out the day before the fucking New York Times. Got it. it. So okay. I, I just posted it the day before he did the New York Times. And how fast did this get picked up? Um, so I actually let CoffeeZilla post some of it in unison mm. with me because he was, he and I had been talking and he knew that I had some interviews. So he was like, I'd really love to like. Um, when did you start talking with him? After November 20th? He, I had sort of been on CoffeeZilla's radar for the Celsius leaks. Mm. And then he was aware that I had talked to Sam because I think I tweeted that I had had a conversation about Sam and I tweeted a couple bits from our conversation, but not any of the audio yet. So Coffee knew that we'd spoken. So he was kind of reaching out to me within that week that I was sitting on it. And he was like, hey, like, I'd love to get like listen to that audio. When you're talking with him on the phone, do you call him Coffee? Is that like the no, proper way? Okay, it is Steven. <laughs> but I think some people call I, I don't him know, I don't know him, so I want to know the proper way <laughs> to address him. I think some people call him coffee, <laughs> but I think I've, I've been calling him Steven. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I was like, okay, sure. Like if I'm going to post it, might as well like let you post it as well. So. Yeah, because he started um, – maybe my timeline's a little off, but around that time, I think ahead of the deal book summit, he started – Sam Bankman-Fried started doing all these Twitter spaces, at least a few. And yeah. coffee cooked them on one of them. Like, I mean, it was, I don't know if we have that, no, Alessi, yeah. but that was, that was Yeah, bad. those were after the New York Times Dealbook Summit. He did New York so Times Dealbook after. Summit, okay. yeah, and then Good Morning America, and then um, then started doing the fucking weird-ass, like, Twitter spaces. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing right now? Like, my interviews, I thought it was like, hmm, surprised that you're talking to me, and then doing a couple of big interviews, I was like, seems like a weird move for someone in your position yeah. but then like going on random fucking twitter spaces i was like yeah, this is a lot sam like this is kind of yeah. you're feeling unhinged right now would have paid to see be a fly on the wall for his conversations with his lawyers during I mean, that time i know i mean they must have like i, mean, I just have been a clip like, of oh, i have a clip of sam actually have you heard the clip that i have of sam being like i told my lawyers to go fuck themselves I think I did. You yeah. put that on Twitter, right? Yeah, I think I put on both. It's, do we, do it's we a sh- have that? It's a short on my YouTube channel and it's on Twitter. But um, That's a really bad start. When you're telling your lawyers, they're looking out for you, pal. I know. And that's just like... You're like so nice that you're like, I know, I it's know. so sad. It's Post the YouTube. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like, Sam, you did say this. All right. So, but that was the Ooh, one. I don't, if, know if, I don't know if it's on my Twitter. It might be on my... It's on my YouTube as a short, I think. Oh, as a short? Mm-hmm. All right. He'll try to pull it up. Yeah. There's a lot on your YouTube. But um, so he said, when did he say that to you? Was that the November 20th I think that was conversation? Was the 16th conversation. Oh, he said or that. Or maybe in it was the 20th. One. I forget. 
But um, yeah, so I posted those. And I like after those came out on the twenty eighth I did I put them out the day before the New York Times Deal Book Summit because I was 29th, just like yeah. yeah, so I was like and it all I'm gonna front run them. <laughs> Good for you. Good for me. Good call. <laughs> I sat on them for a long time. I should have just posted them earlier. But um yeah, I was like after I saw the response to that, after I saw it get cited in like all these publications as well as in the FEC complaint against him, I was like, Oh shit, I didn't know that I didn't know that he gave me like a really big scoop. I didn't know that. And I was like, <laughs> he's probably fucking mad at me. I was like, he's probably mad at me. I don't think he's happy with me. Like he's getting in a lot of trouble for I my know interview. It was recorded. I know, and like uh, yeah, I felt bad though. But he didn't, because he hit you up. I know. Well, so I I thought he was never gonna speak with me again. So I was just moving on with my life. I was like, all right. Cool nice that I got those you, interviews. Sam. Yeah, good to know you. Cool that you gave me those interviews. Thank you, Sam. And then he was going. He went on his media tour. He got arrested in the Bahamas. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I've, I remember that. We, mm-hmm. do we I don't know if we have a picture of that. That was the scariest oh, yeah. look I've seen on a person in a long time. I know. I felt there was a little part of me. I felt a little bad because like feel... this was like a Bahamas prison. I know it's fucking yeah. rough, man. Like yeah. the Bahamas prison was rough. So he was extradited, or he was in the Bahamas for. Eight days he was in uh, prison in the Bahamas, Fox Hill Prison. And then he was extradited to the United States after eight days and released onto house arrest on a $250 million personal recognizance bond. Mm, yeah. And I think that like $250 million is like one of the highest yes. bail amounts. I had I had Raj Rajaratnam in here who I've become good friends with. Now it's almost a couple years ago. And he had – he was the big Wall Street case in 2011 it was 09 to 11 and his bail had been the biggest ever because he was a billionaire how but much was it, it I, was it a hundred billion a hundred I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry a hundred million i can't remember Damn. i should remember that and but it sam was a lot and sam i'm pretty sure sam was there's been a few that have beat it i think in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and i think sam's one of them Damn. Check me on that in They're the really comments. They're really selling a message. I'm just trying to remember that. But I remember yeah. Sam telling me that it was like the highest in the U.S. Yeah, that that look right there. We'll put that picture on the corner of the screen. That is, yeah. uh, that is, that is a look of. My decisions have gotten me to a bad place right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this man did not ever expect to be in a prison. So, so he, but that's the thing. You didn't get any sense from him in those two conversations. How long were both conversations? Sixteenth and twentieth. Uh. First one was maybe an hour to second conversation, maybe three or four hours. Wow. Okay. So you're on the phone with him. And that's like a podcast. That's like what we do here. It really was. It felt like a podcast. Yeah. I mean, in the second conversation, I think that like we really did build rapport in terms of just a a interpersonal relationship just because we were just talking about like shooting the shit and we were talking about like depression and both our experiences. So I feel like we built some rapport, but um, I didn't think that he would contact me again. Um, So... But he didn't – in that point, he didn't – it didn't come across to you that he thought in any way he was going to end up in jail? He seemed nervous, but he didn't – I think he – yeah, he didn't mention that he might oh, – I think we actually probably talked about the prospect of him potentially getting arrested. Um, but it didn't seem to be like a real worry. Yeah, it didn't seem impending. I think I when I brought those things up, he was like, well, that's a thought I might have to deal with one day. But, one day. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that I don't day's think coming, he, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I don't think he thought it was going to be in the immediate future, which granted, comparing him, his tri- um, how quickly it mo- they, the government moved on Sam to like Alex Mashinsky, for example, they took over a year to indict Alex Mashinsky. So it kind of makes sense why Sam was like, I'm probably fine for right now. Mm. But yeah, then he went to prison. Once he got extradited and he got back to his parents' house, he fucking – I he texted me at 3 a.m. the night that he landed back at his parents' house and was like, 
hey, finally back online. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, hey, you up text? A hundred percent. like that because yeah. I saw the timestamp at 3 a.m. And I was like, what the fuck? Is Pull up, fam. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Um, so I woke up to that what text. What day is this? This was, ooh, 23rd? What day something like that? Me? Probably around that because I ended up visiting him on the 27th. So it was within like probably a week of that. So maybe 23rd could be fair. Are you, because you were on a date in Brooklyn, are you living in New York by this time? I was in New York, but I had moved back to Las Vegas at that time when I, when I got this, this text of him oh, saying, finally so back quickly. online. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And it was right, it was before Christmas and I, my sister and her family actually lives in San Francisco and Sam was in house arrest in Stanford, California. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the thing that actually happened, I don't know if I've told this story, but um, the thing that actually happened was that Sam texted me and I was, I woke up to that message and I was like, what the fuck, Sam Bigman for you just texted me. And I screenshotted that text <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to send it to like a friend of mine and be like, what the fuck? Sam Bigman free just texted me. And I accidentally sent and my, my friend that I meant to send it to was oh, also named it. Sam. Oh, I sent it directly oh. back to Sam Bigman free. You have to, all right, I'm going to teach you a trick right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's someone you're worried about accidentally texting, you go into the contacts and you change the front of their name to all caps. Do not text. Not text. <laughs> right. Because then it won't populate right away. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done that. I've done that I, before. You know how many – I'm so that. bad with this. I send – like, you know how many random texts people will get from me still to this day that don't actually matter <laughs> where I'm, like, talking in another con- – because I'm, like, looking over here fast. And then later they're like, what the fuck does mm-hmm. that – I'm like, oh, I'm so oh, – fuck. Mm-hmm. But when it's someone serious like that, mm-hmm. that trick changed my life. That's I, I think I've done that with ex-boyfriends and just been like, do not text this There you go. <laughs> See, just treat everyone like an ex-boyfriend. Uh, treat Sam like an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> God, so I was just fucking mortified. Like I sent the screenshot directly back to Sam, and then I was like, "Oh shit, got to change the subject. Got to change the subject." So I was just like, "So, um, anyway, are you allowed visitors?" I just was like trying to think of the next thing I could logically ask him. So, so, oh my so it was actually with no one. I didn't actually think he was going to say yes to that. I literally was just trying to think of something to say that would change the subject, and like it was a question that he'd answer. You want to visit, buddy? <laughs> and he just like completely ignored the fact that I sent him a fucking screenshot of our text like he's he's so like he really is not fully there like he, i would have been like what the fuck did you just do but he was just like yeah i'm allowed visitors <laughs> happy to see you Something are like you that. the only reporter that visited him no so i mean michael lewis visited that him. well yeah that doesn't mm-hmm. count he was mm-hmm. literally living with him yeah, but like besides that um no there's a handful of like one-off sort of reporters like um but you were the first i was the first other than Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis was right there when Sam he landed. Was wait, he was waiting right in the fucking book mm-hmm. while he landed on the plane. Sam, how are you, buddy? Exactly. We'll talk about Michael so later. I was the that first was a, uh, besides Michael. <laughs> I actually haven't read the book, but I was the first besides Michael. Um, and I think I was probably the most regular. But I also don't know, like, every single person that visited. But I know that there was a couple of one-offs journalists or people who visited maybe twice or Three times, maybe. Yeah, because like, like we said, you're not from the Wall Street Journal. You're mm-hmm. not from the New York Times. Yeah. You're not from all the places that this guy was had a rapport and relationship with. Right. But he picks you out and lands, and the first thing he thinks is, I got to get Tiffany Fong in here. <laughs> She'll tell the truth. Which actually you do, and that's the biggest problem. I have told the truth. You know, I don't you know literally... that it necessarily helps him. It does. That's the problem. And then I do feel kind of bad sometimes. Like I did actually feel bad about like what happened with that donations thing. I really didn't know it was going to get like fucking cited in the FEC complaint. I'm like, shit. I'm sorry. Like I'm like, if I actually ended, if you talking to me ended up getting you more years in prison, I just would feel bad about that. Like, when you just... when you released that though on the 29th, mm-hmm. did you get contacted by law enforcement? No, not that day. I did get contacted later, more oh, recently. Did. Like 
Oh, more recent. More recently. So yeah. they didn't reach out like at all back then. Surprisingly, they didn't reach out to me. That's why this whole time I was like, I'm probably in the clear. They haven't reached out this entire fucking time. That's fascinating. And they reached out to me a couple weeks before the trial began. That's that's weird. Mm -hmm. That's really weird. weird. Yes. Is it normal? Yeah, if I had Jim here right now, he'd be like, what the fuck? My guy Jim was a former FBI special agent. Oh. Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm not a... I, I don't know how that stuff works, but common sense tells me that someone gets someone on... Not on camera, but on recording saying these things. And then, God forbid, like, you went and visited him. I know. And how much of that... So how long were you at his house on the 27th? Uh, Probably, like, several hours. Wow. Yeah. All right, what happens when you go... Like, do you just show up? Do they, like... Dude, does he open the door? Like, hey. pants, yeah. Well, I was, like, shitting my pants the first time I was going to visit him. Because um, I was like, I've never visited someone on a house arrest. How the fuck does this work? <laughs> um, and, like, so... And it's a long fucking Uber drive. Or it was a long Uber. Every time I visited Sam, it fucking cost me so much money. Because um, I was in San Francisco, Uber to worth Stanford. It. Worth it. Worth it. I haven't actually monetized it, but worth it. But um, I need... Uh, okay, so... I got I got to his house. There was a fucking police barricade around his entire street, and there were police cars just like just like sitting in the car. Yes. So I had to like approach the barricade, and I was like, "Hi, I'm here to see Sam." (laughs) They were like, (laughs) "Name?" (laughs) I had to. We got one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then like I gave them my ID, and um, they like someone a policeman escorted me to, to Sam's door from the barricade, and then I just like. Waited outside, rang the doorbell, and then Sam opens the door in like his little his little t shirt, his little shorts, and his little ankle monitor. <laughs> Just looking so nerdy, so small. I didn't know he was so small. He's like pretty small. He's, How not, tall tall, is he's he? not a tall guy. Maybe like five nine. Okay. Being optimistic, maybe five eight. Um, right. Very I, short, yeah, not not very menacing that. at all. Um, well, I definitely didn't think that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what does he say? Like, hi, Tiffany. Yeah, pretty much. That's okay. a good. That was a good impersonation. Okay, it's gonna be right around his. I worked on his a little vocal bit. tone. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You're like, I did this in the mirror I'll say it twenty yeah. times. No. Um, yeah, and then we just we talked for a really long time. I also like was trying to make it last as long as possible because I was like, I spent a hundred fucking dollars to get there. <laughs> fucking talk to me. <laughs> like, you I'm not say going Sam. home. Throw me a couple. Like, I know. You cover my Uber. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he never once offered to fucking. He never once offered to even call my Uber back to my apartment. I'm like, fucking drunk men I meet at bars offer to fucking pay for my Uber. Well, home. at this point, does he have any funds available? That's a thing. He That's says he doesn't. Fair. He actually sent me a screenshot of his bank account along with his Amazon purchase history and wrote me. A, or, what? He wrote a doc. It wasn't like written for me, but he sent me a document. He wrote. When did he send you his Amazon purchase history? June, January 27th, I believe. I have sent some regrettable texts in my life and sent information that I have no idea why I did. I can assure you I've never sent someone my Amazon purchase history. Make an Excel document of your Amazon purchase Oh, he made an Excel document of it. What was he trying to prove? He he did just send me in, – in January, he just sent me a lot of his personal writings, and he was just basically trying to retell the story of everything that happened. Um, the documents, like, started from, like – him being in high school at math camp and went all the way <laughs> yeah, and went all the way through like FTX Alameda and the collapse and um, there were a bunch of little side documents attached that you know some of them were sort of comical like I was just like you fucking included your Amazon purchase history um, and yeah they were just a bunch of other documents so it was probably like close to 300 pages of writing 300 yeah how many people you think got that besides you? I know that I'm not the only person that he sent it to. Like, I, I'm sure. I, he didn't say that Mike Lewis got it, but I'm assuming. Mike well, he definitely got it. Got it. Yeah, he yeah. said he sent it to, like, a couple of people. 
but he said he didn't say how many. I just, but most of the journalists I've spoken with who have visited Sam said they didn't get all of those documents. So. Whoa. I think he passed a couple of journalists, like one or two of the little side documents that were like a few pages long or whatever. But, but, um, but you're there on the 27th. You walk in. Are his parents home? Um, his parents were home. We just went and sat in his... I called it a library last time, but that makes it sound a little bit more ostentatious than I think it really was. Their house isn't super palatious or luxurious. It's like Yeah, you were telling modest. me that before. Yeah. That's not pretty how modest. I pictured it. Yeah, it feels like a modest family home, just one story. When you were saying library, I was picturing like Oakwood, I like know. those New York City like penthouse things. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, that word was probably not the best descriptor. It's just that it was a room <laughs> with like a couple computers. Had four books in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like there's like a whole... Um, one of the walls was just completely lined with books. So I just was like, library, I guess. <laughs> we'll call it a study or an office. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were just sitting in there. Sam was showing me some of the documents that he was trying to write. So he ended up sending those to me the next month. But he was just like saying that he, was, he had just gone out of prison. He had so many thoughts and emotions sort of pent up from being in prison and not being able to sort of type things out and not being able to express mm. anything or communicate with the outside world at all. So I feel like he was just kind of in in his parents' house just, like, trying to get everything out. What, what did he say about prison? Or jail, I guess yeah. it was at that so, point in, in the Bahamas. So he said that, um, first of all, I think he was in their medical wing, so he wasn't sort of with the general population. Oh, he got let off easy. Yeah. Okay. But um, he was like, it was disgusting, but that's something I could get used to. Like, he's really not um, super prissy about things like he fucking like sleeps on his couch and stuff like that all the time and obviously i guess everyone knows he slept on bean bags but um he was like i didn't mind the fact that it was disgusting he was like there was like mold on the ground and it was like whatever but he was like the thing that was hardest for me was um not being able to put my thoughts into words that other people could listen to mm. which sort of makes sense i Is mean that how he said it i think that's how he said it yeah not being able to put my thoughts into words other people yeah yeah i think that's how he said it um so I guess part of that is like not being able to communicate with people and also like not being able to tell your side of the story. And also he was like, I wasn't able to have any input on like my bail conditions or like an, the extradition, et cetera. So I'm sure that was frustrating, but he just seemed like he had gone fucking, he's, he was saying I was going mad there. Um, Cause he's someone who's just a super ADHD guy getting to know him you'll see he's always doing like fucking eight things at the same time he's having a conversation with me while also playing league of legends he's also oh no he's playing league of legends sometimes sometimes i was like there's Sam, a I'm girl here. there's a girl <laughs> in your fucking study right now and you're playing fucking league of legends <laughs> you want to try to get lucky buddy come on i'm like come on sam <laughs> pay attention to me but did, um did his parents ever come in so his parents would i think it only happened maybe three or four times that his parents like one of them would pop their head into the room and try to say something to Sam and then they'd see that I was in there and then just immediately shut the door and like I think once or twice I tried being like hi I'm Tiffany nice to meet you and they would just <laughs> shut the door in my face <laughs> and I wasn't ultra offended by that because I was like okay sure they're lawyers I'm sure they don't want Sam talking to anybody but like later I found out that his parents were like happy to in include Michael Lewis in their family dinners and they were happy to have like a couple of other journalists come by and would sign on to like Sam being interviewed by specific people they would sort of yeah. give their thumbs up um, but very never... very choreographed in a way totally no? totally I think the mom was very involved in Sam's sort of PR strategy on house arrest what's her background Again, she was a law professor. She was in the law 
She's a law professor at Stanford. She also wrote quite a bit about ethics, but she wasn't oh, yeah. an ethics professor. She wrote a couple book or a couple of um, well-known essays, Beyond Blame and the Limits of Personal Responsibility. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well titled. I know. Very now they're obviously coming up a lot. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And so. the dad's a, is he a civil or a criminal guy? Um, he they're both doing tax law, I believe, at okay. Stanford. So he was also a tax law professor at Stanford and also a clinical psychologist. Um, so interesting backgrounds yeah, for sure. Interesting. So you're in there. You don't really like meet them. It's not like you're talking with them or anything. Yeah. But they're they obviously know you're there. They may not have liked it, but don't like they, like they didn't stop it from happening. Which they kind of could. I mean, he at that point he's like their kid again. He's on. There's cops around the whole property. They can be like, "Fuck that!" He's no one's coming in my house. So yeah. they didn't stop it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he said that they kind of try to stay out of his business, so oh, they didn't stop it. Might have been nice if they stayed in a little more, but <laughs> okay. So you're talking with him. He's playing League of Legends sometimes. You're got, sometimes. you're there for a few hours. Yeah. What, did you? How much of it was unrecorded? Mm, I feel like it varied depending on like what the conversation was about or whatever. But I I have like quite a few recordings. Okay. Yeah. I'm also like it because you were a citizen journalist and just getting into this and stuff. You had a, you seem to have had a very good feel for journalistic integrity in doing this because you did do things off the record. You were ready. Even when you were drunk on a date in Brooklyn, you were ready to go home, be prepared to record, let mm-hmm. them know you're recording. None of it ever came up as like a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 impressive. You're doing this all yourself and you're in the middle of this like – cyclone story that you're actually breaking news on and you you played up to the level that all the other people that would be doing that did i'm trying i do feel like bad at some time like sometimes i'm just like i don't i i felt bad like i said about that one uh where sam might i'm like if i got you more prison time i'd feel kind of bad about it um so yeah but I've, i've been trying to navigate how to talk about all these things it's like even talking about the trial i'm like it seemed clear to me that sam was guilty but also yeah i feel bad talking about him in a really negative way but also he's i think he's fucking guilty so i don't know it's all yeah, been when you hard. were interviewing the people outside the we'll, we'll get to the trial but oh, when yeah. you were doing that and like they're saying so he's going to prison for life like <laughs> like, like in the camera i'm like oh my god <laughs> like, it's funny but i appreciate that you feel bad but you know the guy i know he's the end of a very I know. Fraud here. showing any sort of empathy or sympathy does not go over well publicly it's just like I, I spent a lot of time talking to Sam. And yeah, he's a human. Like he, I do see him as a human. I don't, I, like, yeah, I don't see him as, like, a two-dimensional, like, evil supervillain. And it is, like, a sad thought to know that someone that you, like, got to know pretty well is might never leave prison. It almost feels like having a friend die. Like, I've actually yeah. had a couple of people close to me die. And it sort of feels like that sort of loss of, like, I guess, I don't know, I might not ever speak to you again. Every once in a while I, like, think of something that I might want to text Sam. And I'm like, I guess I can never do that again. It's ominous. I, I, a friend of mine, Tyree Wallace, is in prison life without parole right wow. now, and he's innocent. He didn't oh do it. God. We actually did a podcast on it. He was He's 46 now. Holy he was put in there when he was 19. Oh and, like, I get to talk with Tyree, if not once a week, it's once every other week wow. on the phone. And you get the collect. You've got to answer it. If you miss it, like, you can't get oh back. You get the collect call. There's the message on there and says, you are about to speak to a federal prisoner. On, do you accept this call? And then it comes on. Every, he'll be talking. It'll come on five minutes later. You're limited in time. When we do the Zooms, he has more time on that. He has oh, like so a, he can use Zoom? 
they do have like pre- because they have to for the courtroom so they let some it's also I I'm guessing now I think it's easier for the prisons to not always have to have physical visitors mm. so they're like all right well we can give them some zoom too and then maybe some of these people won't show up so when we're on there it's longer and it's a little less but like I think about him a lot I'm going to see him soon cuz it's it's near and dear to my heart obviously but in a way, like he's very much alive and he's doing great things because he took initiative on this when, when he was young and found himself in this predicament. But you're half dead when you're in there. Yeah. And a lot of people who aren't like him and don't have the unbelievable attitude that he does and work around the clock on things that have nothing to do with this case, by the way, as well, they're, they're really dead. Because they don't – there's no real contact. Okay, maybe if you're a family member, you can go visit them. But if Sam goes away, you know, maybe you're going to go visit him in prison once. Mm-hmm. Well, if he goes – he is going away. But, like, if he goes away for life or something, maybe you go visit him once. Maybe, maybe, you know, 20 years from now, oh, yeah, I remember he's still in there. Maybe I'll go see him. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, there's no, there's no text. There's no nothing. And, like, I see – obviously, you're feeling like a human about this. I understand that. Yeah. And, and I, I, I do – I will give the guy this. Similar to what I said earlier, I don't think he's all there and I don't think he knew all of what was going down. I would guess with being a total idiot on this case, you're going to teach me all about the case and the charges because like I'm so out of the loop with it. But from the outside, I would guess there are some things that let's say if there's one charge that counts for something, maybe he's guilty of 25% of what happened there mm-hmm. and not 100 and maybe mm-hmm. another it's 75 and not 100 yeah. and maybe it really is just negligence in most cases but like that's not you can't steal everyone's money like negligence is not an excuse it's not like totally. oh shit I'm I didn't mean to hold a gun and rob this bank yeah. oh my god bro like <laughs> I was oh dude yeah don't send me to, like you can't do that you know we do live in a society of laws yeah totally completely agree fuck I forgot how we got here. It's, I forget too, but I, I think we were talking about when, when you were going to visit him on the 27th, we were oh, going yeah. through all that. And I'll probably ask you more about all that, um, your friend. And yeah, yeah. that later. Absolutely. Um, but how did it, like, how did it end? Would, did you just say, all right, I'm going to turn off the phone, like, I got to go now, or? I'm just so curious about this back and forth, because you had such a unique front row seat that few people had. I think we had having, had. like, sort of emotional conversations. I think that... I think that even on our, our first visits, I was asking him, like, yeah. what are your thoughts on the prospect of going to prison for life? Um, and I, oh, I actually posted some of that audio. Um, but I feel like that's one of the bits where I think you can actually hear him feel a bit of remorse. Could we pull that up? Yeah. That was the December. What did you save that as? That's, um, that's actually on my Twitter. Um, so if you just go to my media. Uh, do you have it pinned? Um, it's not pinned, but if you go to my media, it should be one of the more. On her Twitter. And she like Sam Bakeman Freeds. Right there, boom. All right, go There's down. There's probably some stupid shit. Good pictures. Yeah. Good you stuff. Good pat. food. Literally so fucking great. Love it. Me taking a shot taking with Tabasco. Taking a shot of liquor. This is a great. This is why your Twitter's great. <laughs> oh, you God. are real. What's Thank name? you. Ooh. Okay. It, I What's post- that? That looks good. Oh shit. God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Keep. Oh God, holy shit! This oh, is... Burke Kreischer. Look oh, at yeah. that. Look at Fucking you. hell! I wasn't expecting to go through all this. this I awesome. think I posted it like the day after his verdict came out. So shit. I don't. I. <laughs> Fucking. There, there. There. Right there. Okay. 
turn the hit the volume button on there. And I think this is All right, somewhere you can up. hear a bit of humanity at a bit. We might have missed a bit. Oh, is it? Okay. Go to the front. Yeah. If you hypothetically were in prison for life, I'm trying not to think about it. I don't think it's helpful to think about. And I, when I, but when I do roommate, I tend to not. I tend to focus even in my ruminations on like what the choice, like what the pathways I'll have are, and what the like. Um, like my ruminations are half ruminations, half daydreams, and they always have some component of like ways that I can make things, ways that I can make things better, ways that I can do something for the world, ways that I can like have some impact. Um, if my life ended now, I would I think this person have done that harm to the world. to spend that. How does that thought weigh on you? Like, Sorry, it doesn't weigh on me that people think I've done that harm. The, the fact that I have done that harm weighs enormously on me. That's a wild clip. I know. I mean, he said ruminations a lot, but you can see, <laughs> I haven't heard that word in a while, but you can see without seeing his face, you can hear it in his voice. The there's There is a, a massive... Like, to me, at least what I got is there is a denial that has been shattered. Mm-hmm. And it's at least it has to be a thought now. And he's trying to he's trying to avoid it just like he was on an island. He was on he was in the Bahamas living in this mansion when all this shit broke. Yes, he's this persona non grata on the Internet, but he's separated from it. Yeah. Before he gets arrested, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this was one of our earlier conversations on house arrest, actually. So it wasn't even like that close to the trial. And that's the thing. I think that some people think that Sam feels zero remorse or anything. I think that he does feel bad for hurting people. Like, I do think that he really does feel remorse around that. I think it's more that he is unwilling to admit that he ever, you know, knowingly was using customer funds or yep. knowingly did anything mis- inappropriate. He's unwilling to admit to those things legal, like legally. But I, he's expressed quite a bit of remorse for hurting people, actually. So I think that's sort of a misconception in the public. But yeah. that doesn't mean that I think he's innocent. But I think yeah, he does feel. Yeah, Big yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. But for people out there, obviously... Almost everyone listening to this is familiar with the name FTX. They're familiar. It's like Enron. They're yeah. familiar with something that went wrong. They're probably familiar with him too. Mm-hmm. And they know that it was fraud. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have been passive viewers of this thing. I looked at it a little more because I was more in the space. But my friends who didn't have anything to do with crypto or anything like that, they're not paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. So if you had to explain the high level, the basics simply of what, FTX, we can now say because it was proven in court, did. Right. Like, what was their fraud? How did it work? Ooh, I've never tried to distill this into, like, a quick explanation because I've just made it. doesn't a bunch have to be quick. We got all day. Oh, Go Lord. Um, well, Sam started this exchange called FTX. Or actually, no, I guess we have to start with Alameda. Yeah. He started Alameda Research in, I believe, 2017. Maybe it was 2018, but 2017, I think. Um, and that was a quant trading firm, I, I suppose. So... 
they were doing a lot of crypto trading. They initially started with this Bitcoin arbitrage. So this is how Sam initially made a ton of money. Sam had just left a job at Jane Street Capital where he was making quite a bit of money, but wanted to try his own thing and discovered Bitcoin and saw that there was a discrepancy in the price of Bitcoin in Japan versus in the United States. Mm. And he started doing, I don't know, I just, I guess just buying Bitcoin and Arbitrage. Yes, yes, yes. So people know that. And then he apparently was making a lot of money. I guess, okay, we don't need to get into all of this. Um, Ultimately, he ended up starting FTX a couple years later in 2019. And um, FTX was actually international. So um, there was an FTX US and an FTX international. And Sam claims that all the issues were in FTX international and that none of these issues happened in FTX US, but ultimately both were put into bankruptcy. So they're separate exchanges, if you will? Yeah, they basically are separate exchanges. And FTX International had several different programs. They, one of the things that FTX International did was they had a margin trading facility. And this plays a role in what Sam claims he was doing. Um, but unfortunately, his, his claims don't really add up with the numbers. So Sam has sort of claimed that the um, – okay, so I don't know where to begin with all this. So FTX customer funds ended up – being sort of funneled to Alameda Research and used for multiple things, making illiquid venture investments, mm. purchasing real estate, making political Ooh. donations, <laughs> Ooh. a lot of things that obviously, you know, FTX customers didn't necessarily agree to or know was happening. Because when you get custody, if you're I've never worked on that end of the business. Like when I was on Wall Street, this is a whole different world. But when you get custody of assets, there's some of that that will, I guess, depending on what it is, but there's some of that that will be used in the course of operating Mm -hmm. the business. But what you're saying is that he was taking it from that company, literally putting it into another company Mm -hmm. like crazy people's funds that are promised, meaning they're just numbers on a page, and if they go to withdrawal, they're expected to receive their withdrawal, Mm -hmm. and he was putting it towards things that, in many cases, had nothing to do with the operation of the business. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And um, I think that's... And I think the main way that customer funds ended up getting used was that Alameda Research took a lot of um, third-party loans, um, or they had a lot of open-term third-party loans. And in June or July last summer in 2022, a lot of these third-party lenders were recalling their loans and they didn't have enough liquid funds because they had used so much of their capital on these illiquid investments. So I think that was when a decision, I guess, was made to sort of use a lot of these FTX customer funds to repay these third-party lenders. And that sounds like when the majority of the problems sort of began and who talked about that decision was that just the senior team at ftx like living in the mansion it sounds like that decision was basically between sam bigman fried and caroline ellison the ceo of alameda research also his girlfriend yeah and caroline ellison was actually the one who directed the settlement team to actually repay the third-party lenders but she claims that she did that under sam bigman fried's direction and sam has denied that to me personally i mean he's denied that in my conversations with him how does he talk about her because um, they did date. They did date. He has. He's just not the most sentimental person. He does seem <laughs> sort of <laughs> like he's not the most emotional, sentimental person. But um, he he does sort of feel bad for her. He sort of like tried to walk me through where he thinks her head is at at 
given moments. Um, he's told me that apparently she is actually quite religious for a lot of her life. And he was like, I don't know if she just feels a need to sort of like, I don't know, come to, to sort of confess everything she's done. Mm. And, um, That's interesting. Yeah. So she, he's tried to walk me through a lot of that. Um, but he said their their relationship didn't end necessarily well, so they weren't on the best of terms afterwards. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is. I don't think like international fraud uh, on a scale we've never seen is a good way to end a relationship. But that's just me. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So apparently they weren't on speaking terms for a lot of this, and they mm. were just like, <laughs> yeah. So it didn't end too well. Oh, but I guess I guess going back to the explanation, well, Sam claims that he. Um, he felt that the customer funds that they were using were uh, sort of allowed. They were allowed to use those funds How because did he defend that? because he claims that well, FTX International had a margin trading facility, and Alameda Research was a customer of FTX. Mm. Um, granted, no other customers were allowed to use that amount of money, billions and billions of dollars, without posting collateral or enough collateral. Um, so, and I think the collateral they were posting was like FTT token. but um, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, but Sam basically has like said, like, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I didn't think I was doing anything improper. I thought that like Alameda's customer of FTX. So we got to like borrow money in, on margin. I'm kind of fucking, I'm kind of No, you're doing stupid. a great job. This is really good because you're keeping it high level. That's what I want. Okay. If okay. we're going into that on this part of the balance sheet that no one's going to follow, including okay, me. Okay. So this is good. Well, I guess that's been Sam's main excuse was that he said that. You know, Alameda is a customer of FTX. They had a right to borrow some of the money. But just the thing is that at the end of the day, we through a lot of the um, witnesses that came up in trial and people who just analyzed the finances, they were like, the numbers don't add up. Like yeah. you used way more money than the people who actually agreed to have their funds being le- lent, be lent out, et cetera. Right. So obviously his excuse didn't turn out to be true. And I don't know at the end of the day, like I think I kind of get the sense that in Sam's mind, he probably just looked at he probably just felt that they had infinite money. Like, I don't even know if he was being careful about how much money they were using. No, he definitely... If you he look at the contracts, wasn't. he's throwing $15 million to Kevin O'Leary for, mm-hmm. like, three hours. Exactly. You know, which turned out to be a good investment because the guy said, like, after he's arrested, like, I might still invest in him. So I guess, you know, money buys some loyalty. <laughs> this but, is true. you know, he's throwing... And, and people like to get on all these celebrities and athletes who took it. Listen, they were... It's hindsight. Totally. They were the biggest company in the world yeah. for the biggest thing. Their agents coming to him and saying, "This guy wants to offer you twenty million. They feel bad for him. He's like a little nerd, but they're like, "Wow, he's a billionaire too." And he's like, "Nice." So they're like, "All right, you're paying. I'll take it." Totally. There's no like, if we end up finding out that some of these guys like knew it and started doing something, that's different. Yeah. But that's they didn't fucking know. Yeah, that's that's not the vibe I get. Here. Yeah, I personally don't have any anger towards those people who promoted it. I'm yeah. like, ah, you guys didn't fucking know it was a scam. Yeah. A lot of them lost a shit ton of money because they left money in FTX. So right. I'm like, and and even like, we, we got some good ads out of it too. Yeah. The Larry David ad is one of the it's best things I've ever seen in my ad. life. <laughs> like they're creative over at FTX. Good job. Guys. I know they did. They did a great job at marketing. Yes. Good job, Sam. But what ended up causing? Because I'm trying to remember this and piece it together. We'll get to, in a minute, CZ and Binance and how it collapsed on November 11th mm-hmm. because he like couldn't save it. But what was the initial thing that caused the panic before all that conversation happened? What was the first thing? I don't know if it's October 30th, November 2nd. I'm, I don't remember. But it was what early was, November. What happened? Early November, a balance sheet was leaked to uh, actually one of my friends, Ian Allison at Coindesk. He's a great reporter. 
but a, Al- Alameda's balance sheet was leaked to Coindesk, a little crypto news publication. Mm. And that sort of started some suspicions because their balance sheet was made up predominantly of FTT, which is a token that Sam basically made up, yep. and other Sam tokens, like um, or Sam coins, we've been calling them in court, <laughs> like Serum and Maps, which are coins that he just made up and um, paid zero money for. So um, that kind of made people a bit suspicious. But at the end of the day, Alameda and FTX were supposed to be completely separate entities. So even if there were problems at Alameda, there shouldn't necess- that didn't mean that there had to be problems at FTX, because Sam, for... In, in the public eye, had said that these companies are, are at arm's length. They are completely separate. So there didn't necessarily have to be fear about FTX because an Alameda balance sheet looked a little bit fishy. But um, I think that because of the leaked balance sheet, people were like a little bit suspicious. And then I think CZ's tweet did make people sort of panic. Yeah. So they had been enemies, though. Yes. Sam and CZ didn't. CZ is the founder of Binance. Mm-hmm. And they... Wasn't it that like CZ was an early investor in FTX yeah. or something? Is that right? CZ and then was, where did they go wrong? CZ was an early investor of FTX. And um, I think that as FTX began to grow bigger and bigger, then CZ began to see FTX and Sam Bankman fried as like an actual competitor to Binance. So their relationship ended up becoming slightly more competitive and yes. there began like a little rivalry began to grow. So they were making like kind of snide comments at each other publicly. For example, I think that Sam asked once like, is CZ even allowed in the United States? Is he allowed to go to DC? <laughs> Apparently that's something that pissed CZ off quite a bit. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> so they it started with sort of like snarky comments at one one another and they just had a bit of a rivalry. But um yeah, CZ so Binance had stake in in FTX, and then Sam decided he wanted to buy back all of that stock or whatever. And um, that was, I think, the first time that customer funds actually ended up getting used. I think they spent about $2 billion buying out Binance Estates. Well, so it was $2 billion. When was that? Um, I think that was, in, mm, that might have been 2021, Whoa. but I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. They used customer funds to do well, that. Well, so it wasn't all customer funds. Apparently, it was. Like, I think it was $1.2 billion was not customer funds, and then $1 billion was customer funds. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's when this problem sort of began. But then obviously there were bigger ways that customer funds ended up getting used. And so now they have, after that, you have regular people in the months and over a year after that who occasionally want to take out money. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing they're looking on the back end and they're like, oh, we're getting a little close to that line. Mm-hmm. And so they start doing more of it, and he starts basically running some of this through Alameda, thinking it's going to be the same company. Mm-hmm. Did he discuss with you, or have you heard him discuss through other journalists at this point, or at the trial, about people who may have advised him on this stuff? even unknowingly, like I'm talking people outside the company, like Mm. this guy had access to some of the, he had access to the best people in the world. Did he ever talk about someone at Goldman Sachs or something like that who may have said, oh, not saying they knew a crime was going to happen, but you may be able, if if you can't cover this, make sure you have money here to cover that or that kind of thing that maybe gave him this idea or was this just pure panic on, on his end at all times, just I'll fix it by putting it here, no problem. Yeah, he never he never really brought up anyone 
having it as like an idea or anything like that. Um, he did say that they had like he claimed that his he had his legal counsel's blessing on everything they did, but I don't think it's. <laughs> but that's the thing is like it's like yeah, your legal counsel helped you write up contracts and um, like helped you facilitate loans and things like that. But your legal counsel didn't know that you were s- stealing customers. Yeah, funds. they they're not there watching you hit the enter button <laughs> and move it over. Exactly. I mean, it is, and I always try to remind myself of that. It's very obvious after the fact. Mm-hmm. It was wasn't obvious to people during it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with, with Anthony Pompliano, who's been mm-hmm. in the space forever. I've known him for a long time. Really good guy. Very smart about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, you can go make fun of tweets he made about this two years ago and have a fucking day. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know, man. Yeah. People totally. did. He really, you know, I remember Pomp had him on his podcast. I want to say this was... It was either September 2019 or September 2020. I think it was September 2020. And it couldn't have been more than a couple months before FTX collapsed. And obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming. I had come across it. I said, oh, Pomp had him on. And I got through maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of it. And I stopped it because I said, okay, either I'm really dumb or this guy's full of shit. Really? And immediately my decision was, I'm just really dumb. I know this guy's great. <laughs> that is exactly what I said. I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. He's got it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to listen to the rest of this. It's too much for me right now. I'm busy. That was my thought. Yeah. So I, it's not like I sat there and said, it's definitely that. Complete. Now it's obvious. I mean, that's how I felt when Sam, when I first started talking to Sam, I actually went into those conversations with an open mind because we didn't have any other evidence. And Sam was giving me his ex- excuses and explanations for how everything happened. And he was giving me this really convoluted excuse about, well, you know, FT- FTX International was a derivatives exchange. So obviously we had margin trades. And then he was going into how margin trade, like he was going to their margin trading facility. And this is all like, I've never fucking margin traded in my life. Even as I'm trying to explain it to you, I'm kind of like, did I say that? Is that the right way how it all works? You're fine. Because, you okay. Because I've never even fucking margin traded, but Sam was trying to give me this really convoluted excuse. And at the time I was like, is this even like plausible? Maybe it is plausible. Maybe this is a plausible excuse and I'm just too fucking stupid. Like, because he was just giving me something really long-winded and he probably was somewhat intentionally like trying to obfuscate and make it confusing for someone else to listen to. But um, yeah, I, I had the same sort of reaction when he was giving me his excuses about how customer funds were used. I was like, hey, I'm just too stupid to understand this. How much did he talk about, I mean, we know he gave you the viral moment with mentioning that he donated to both parties, but then when you went to talk to him more, how much did he talk about the strategy there and how he felt for real politically versus just what the money was flowing to for perhaps power. He told me he was center left. So he, okay. he's not like crazy, crazy left wing. Um, he said that like he kind of listened to political advisors. Like he wasn't the one who was sort of making the decisions about who should donate what to and how much. That's kind of what he said. And he also has said that like he was mostly focused on donating to um, politicians who were in support of pandemic prevention. So mm. I don't know if he was being completely forthcoming about all of that. But um, I also think that one of his sort of political advisors was his mom because his mom has come out in trial and uh, she was sort of directing who should give which donations so that it looked best for um, her little super PAC or whatever called my Oh, 
So she was sort of directing like, hey, this donation might look, it might look better if Nishad gave this donation so that it doesn't look like this is such a family affair. If Sam Bateman Freed gave us, Ooh. gave our super PAC a donation, it might look like too much of a family affair. God, there is no money in politics that doesn't look dirty as hell. I know. It never looks good in a courtroom if it gets there too. Yeah. God help you. Yeah. You can make, you can make some innocuous look dirty there. And it probably is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's bizarre. Like his parents, you're talking about the political side now, but it, in some of the stuff I've read too, his parents were also, they had some knowledge of what's going on at the company. Mm-hmm. Do you think they, they knew he was fucking some shit up here? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. His dad was quite involved at the company. Um, he, they also made quite a bit of money. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but I can't. I, I feel uncomfortable to bring around an accusation about what exactly they knew because I read the entire lawsuit against them, and there wasn't like a smoking gun where they were ever having like an explicit conversation about the use of customer funds, for example. Um, so, you know, a lot of employees at FTX and Alameda didn't know what was going on. I've talked to a few employees, and they really had no idea. It seems like most of the customer fund conversations were sort of very exclusively between Sam Bankman-Fried, Caroline Ellison. Gary Wong, and later on Nishad Singh. So his dad could have known. His dad obviously was quite involved at the company. He was obviously very close to Sam, and I'm sure they had lots of conversations behind closed doors. But um, there wasn't smoking gun evidence in the lawsuit, so I can't really throw around accusations and say that he should, like, be indicted or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you already put enough indictments on there for him. (laughs) (laughs) But what's the – so you leave him on the 27th. You ended up going back, right? Mm-hmm. When was that? Ooh, when was our next visit? Okay. Oh, okay. So after the 27th, I told you I had to give my uh, ID to the guards and everything like that. So I didn't actually tell anyone about that conversation afterwards. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to post about it or not. Um, and then the next day, I woke up to a fucking message from the New York Post or an email from, from the New York Post saying, we're going to run an article about your visit to Sam's. Um, and oh, they the had guy, a cop. Yeah. yeah. I think they must have fucking had a cop. Yeah, they had a cop. Like, I the swear on my life <laughs> that I did not leak that to the New York Post. I swear on my life. I believe you. Okay. Because, yeah. the yeah, I woke up to that message and I they left a phone number and I just called. I, I was, like, so sleep deprived. I just called them because I was going to be like, how the, how the fuck do you know I went to Sam's house? Because I hadn't posted about it or anything like that. Um, and they're like, we have our sources. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, spend, spend any time in his bedroom? <laughs> They literally went fucking straight to that. Oh. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? We were in his library. I said library. I was like, we were in his library. So they kind of were just fucking goading me for That's a quote. Up. Yeah. And I didn't even know that they were going to use the quote, but they were like kind of pushing me because I just initially just called to be like, how do you even know about this? Um, so those quotes ended up getting used in an article and they also pulled an old bikini photo of me from like fucking college. And then, so they put me next to Sam Bakeman freed me in an old bikini photo from so many years ago. And oh, that's sexy up. crypto influencer pays in late night visit to FTX bad boy. It's cause they got beat on their scoop and they're just salty know, about it. Bitches. That's really fucked fucking up. Bitches, I'm sorry yeah. that happened. To you. It's okay. Um, it was kind of funny. At the, like, it, was, I was, it, was, it was upsetting at the time, but it's kind of funny now. But um, yeah, so that happened. So I actually like just didn't want to go back to Sam's house for a while afterwards because I was like, if it gets leaked again, like I don't want to fucking deal with this shit again. So um, I didn't go back to his house for probably a couple weeks. And I think that we had our second visit in January, maybe two weeks later. What's your t- So that story comes out, though, the next day that is at least alleging you went there. So people are picking it up. Mm-hmm. 
what's your contact with him between then? Like, are you texting him regularly? I I was worried that he thought that I like wanted that story out. Mm. So I like I think I messaged Sam. I was like, hey, I did I didn't tell uh, the New York Post about this. Like, I wouldn't. I obviously wouldn't want like a salacious article about that out. But um, I was like nervous if he'd want to talk to me again. Uh, and then I think he was he responded to me a couple days after that. And uh, yeah, we had our next visit in January. You know what? I'll, I'll bet he might have liked that story. <laughs> no, I'm serious because he's at the low of the low mm-hmm. right now. He just lost all his leverage. He has no access to his mm-hmm. bank accounts. His Internet is fucking like monitored. Mm-hmm. He's got cops around his house. Mm-hmm. He's the punchline of the world. He probably likes it. He's probably like, oh, yeah, look at me on page six. I don't know the guy. You know him. I don't know. I didn't get the sense that he was necessarily excited by it, but I guess he wasn't mad at me. But Sam's never fucking mad at me. I mean, maybe he is now. I have no idea. I haven't talked to him since he went to prison or went to jail. Which was like fucking, what, four weeks ago? Whatever. He got thrown in jail after he leaked Caroline Ellison's diary to the New York Oh, right, right. So you haven't talked to him since that. So that was like, like I was thinking the same. I think July, August, maybe? July? July or August. Okay. But, um, but you, so he still invites you back. You go back in January. Yeah. What happens this time? Just more conversations. God, it's all kind of a blur because, yeah, I did visit him. I think for a while I went over like once a week for like a couple months. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't realize you were there that much. Yeah. So you were hanging out in Vegas at this time, I guess, and no, popping so out to Stanford? I, my, I had, like I said, I was like in New York for a while. I had a sublet in New York when I did my first phone calls with Sam. That sublet ended. And like... I actually have never signed like a year long lease anywhere. So I was trying to figure out where I wanted to move next and just do a sublet. So since I just started talking to Sam, I was like, you know what? Okay, we need a sublet I'll hang out. in San Francisco. I'm like, this is like, I can chill here. I know. I'm like I'm like, this is kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sam's not gonna be in house arrest forever. I'm able to talk to the guy. <laughs> yeah. So I got a fucking sublet in San Francisco. And that's like, he's, like, right there, right? Yeah. Well, he's in Stanford, so it was, like, a fucking... Over, it was I haven't like been out bucks. there, so it all sounds close to me. Okay. It was, like, it. Uh, probably an hour to get to his house or something like that. That's nah, not too bad. Yeah, it's, it's an expensive Uber, though. I was going to say, he's still not covering the Ubers. Not covering still the Ubers. No Your girl's down bad. That's tough. From fucking visiting But Sam. you're getting these scoops. You're recording some of these convos still, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them, yeah. Okay. And what... Did he give you anything that was close to what you got on the first one with the... With the politics donations? I'm reluctant to talk about them because I'm worried about the DOJ reaching out to me again. <laughs> oh. Because there's technically a second trial in March. Right. What's the second trial for? The second trial is for um, five, adif- five additional charges that came in superseding indictments after Sam Bakeman fried was initially extradited to the United States for his original eight charges. So he got five additional charges in superseding indictments. And so... The second trial, um, they were all initially supposed to be part of the first trial, but Sam and his lawyers were arguing that um, it was improper for the U.S. to bring additional charges because it, it sort of – apparently it legally does um, go against the U.S. Bahamian extradition treaty. Apparently the the Bahamas would have to uh, like agree to the charges that he was being extradited for. Mm. So they didn't agree to those superseding ones. So apparently those were kind of improperly brought. So I guess the U.S. found like a loophole and just put him into a second trial. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start getting to the trial now. As it's leading up, you're, I guess, like in the winter, spring, you're meeting with him a bunch. 
it was very interesting to me how he was the biggest name in the world, and then around this time, it just faded away, and you you heard very little. And even when his trial finished, you know, Coffeezilla obviously is on the ball. He's great. He's covering mm-hmm. it on the internet. People are talking about it on Twitter, but not a ton. You know, gets yeah. one quick story in the news, and it's gone. Very, yeah. very odd. And then you remember he donated to every politician ever, and you're like, okay, not so odd. But it was very... <laughs> It was a little eerie that you had this guy perpetuating the biggest fraud since Enron awaiting trial effectively over a little less than a year period, and it went quiet. But then, as you alluded to a few minutes ago, he ends up getting jailed mm-hmm. because he did some things. What, how did that all go down? And was that, that was in the summer when that happened? He was jailed. Yeah, I think it was in the summer. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we, we were talking about this on camera or off the ca- off camera, but he did push the boundaries of his bail conditions multiple times while he was on house arrest. I think that was off camera. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So as soon as he got onto house arrest, within weeks he contacted former FTX employees, such mm. as the former general counsel Ryan Miller, and um, Ryan Miller immediately brought this to the government, and, <laughs> and screenshots are now public. But um, I think the message was like reconnecting sam was like, reconnecting he's like i know we didn't leave off on the best foot <laughs> and i was like this sounds like a fucking message that you'd send to like a fucking ex ex-boyfriend uh, <laughs> i have a hard stop at three o'clock so let me know oh my god whoa right so um so that was a strike but that didn't jail him yeah that didn't jail him because the judge was like this is potentially witness tampering but also it's not like Sam was like, I wasn't trying to witness tamper. I was just trying to... Please, Sam. I'm just trying to reconnect. <laughs> so, okay, it was like one strike. Then a couple of weeks later, or in February, he got caught using a VPN. Oh, he claims, that's not good. He claims it was to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, so Sam says that he His has parents this, don't have a TV in their They house? actually don't have a TV, but also I'm sure really? there's other ways to watch the Super Bowl. But Sam said that he has this international game pass that he bought in the Bahamas to watch sports. And he said that he needed to use a VPN to say that he was in the Bahamas to use his international game pass. Don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> that was his second strike. Because um, they obviously didn't have ev- – since he was using a VPN, they didn't have evidence of what he was doing on there. So it obviously looks sketchy. But even using it at all is against the conditions. It apparently wasn't specifically or explicitly in the conditions that he can't use a VPN. But to me, I was like, Sam, it seems like it'd be pretty common sense that you probably shouldn't use a VPN when you're yeah. like on house arrest. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So that's second strike, but he doesn't go to jail. And then the third strike had something to do with Ellison, right? Third strike was him sharing Caroline Ellison's sort of, I guess it's been called a diary, but it was her personal writings with the New York Times. And uh, he actually showed me those in like... January or something. So wait, what was that? Her personal writings with the New York Times? So Sam and Caroline are absolute fucking nerds, and they talk to each other in Google Docs oftentimes. They'd write each other Google Docs. Come so on. Sam showed this to me, like, when I went to his house one time, and he was like, yeah, so I have, like, some Google Docs between... Uh, he, he was like, I have some Google Docs with Caroline, and I was like, what do you mean you have Google Docs with Caroline? He's like, you know, when you when you write with someone oh, yeah, on Google you know, Docs. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do that. I was like, "What?" I was like, Unless "I've you never." Do you ever start doing that on a Google Docs? Not good. Bro. Just let me go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just jump out the window. I know he's saying this like this is a normal thing that couples do. I was like, "I've never had a boy like write me a Google Doc and like send me yeah. like a link to a Google Doc." Yeah, that's a new one. So it's kind of. I was just like, "Oh, you're such a fucking nerd." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just like, I think I didn't. I was just like, "Oh, right, yeah." yeah no, I do. That when too. the Google Doc, the Google Docs with your boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, he shared some of those. So they weren't, like, necessarily her diary. It was sort of Caroline venting about how their relationship was going. 
and her saying like, I don't remember the exact things she said, but yeah, her kind of talking about their relationship. And, and she, he literally emailed the New York Times that? He had a New York Times reporter over to the house to show him in person. And I, I believe like let the New York Times reporter sort of take notes on the document and ultimately didn't want it to look like it was coming from him. Yeah, so, where the fuck else is it coming I'm, from? Because I'm friends with the New York Times reporter as well. And I obviously was talking to Sam about the, the those documents. So uh, yeah, he he didn't want it to seem like it was coming from him. Exactly. I was like, who else would it be coming from? Yeah. And he was like, well, the government also has them. So someone from the government could have leaked them. And I'm like, why would the government leak? I don't know. Crazy. I don't know. He's just, he's he sound yeah. He, I know. Sometimes Ooh, I'm like, for someone who is known for being so smart and intelligent, no. allegedly, I'm sometimes just like, what? This is just this defies logic. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? God, his lawyer is just sitting in the back room, I like, know. oh my god. I know. Oh. Ultimately, even like him doing that whole thing, he knew that he was taking a risk doing that, and I'm like. What was your end goal? What did you think you were going to get out of leaking these diaries? Like, I think he ultimately obviously was hoping that maybe Caroline would be painted in a somewhat negative light. But I was just like, these. Di- if anything, this is somewhat sympathetic to Caroline. She's sort of like sad about your guys' relationship. Like, yeah. I don't think it's do. It, I don't think it's painting the picture you think it's painting. Well, she also had a weird arc with this though too, because right when this drops, within a few days, we hear apparently Caroline Ellison is cooperating with the feds. There was then the pic. I don't know if we can find this, Alessi, but I'll find it after if we need to to put it in the corner of the screen. There was a picture of her in Starbucks and I think Fidei by the Southern District oh, of New right. York offices, yeah. taking in people. Twitter shows were like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, she's here meeting with them, mm-hmm. looking fine. Yeah. <laughs> and she becomes the main, one of the main witnesses, along with Gary Wang or Wong. Yeah, Gary Wong. Wong mm-hmm. on the indictment. I think there were a couple others. But then there was a report. I don't, I'm losing my timeline now, but somewhere between then and the trial, there was a report that apparently she had rescinded on her deal yeah. with the government and was now no longer a cooperating witness. And then I don't remember, right. I must have just missed it, but I don't remember the story that suddenly said, oh, it's back on. What yeah, happened Sam and there? I actually talked about that because that had just come out in the news. And Yeah, um, that's it. There's the picture right there. Yeah, I think it was just, the, the story that she had rescinded, I think was just false. I think that she, there was some, like it sounded like the FTX Chapter 11 team had requested some documents from her and that she just hadn't responded to that or something like that. But she hadn't rescinded her cooperation with the government. So it was something that was, uh, I think, misinterpreted in the press. Got but, it. But, um, yeah. So. so she had failed on some cooperative thing. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't – yeah. But she didn't rescind her cooperation. Okay. So she was on Team USA the whole way. Team USA. All right. Got it. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the trial. Okay. So you – I would imagine – you're spending so much time with the guy and everything. At some point there, you kind of like, I'm definitely going to be covering this trial, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. How many days was it? The trial, uh, I think it lasted around four weeks. And it started like October 3rd, October something 3rd, like that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you come to New York for this. Mm-hmm. Subletting somewhere in New York now. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You're in the courtroom every day? Every day. Sometimes I had to wake up at 1 a.m. to make it into the – because I wanted to be in the main courtroom. There's oh. main courtroom where you can actually be in the room with Sam Bakeman fried his parents, his lawyers, the judge. And there's only 21 spots in that courtroom. That's how small it is in the SDNY? Mm-hmm. I mean because there's other seating for his family. There's other seating for lawyers. But for the public and press, both mixed together, there's only 21 seats. Whoa. So like every fucking morning, there's New York Times reporter like sitting outside, you know, so – they don't they don't get any special treatment actually so i was lining up at 1am with like fucking other reporters from reputable 
publications. So how close – you're in the courtroom then, literally, mm-hmm. like in the main one. Mm-hmm. How close are you to him? He's probably like four or five rows of people away. Um, it's pretty close. And he's facing the judge though, so yeah, that's yeah. the annoying part. Like he's not – we don't get to see his reaction and we're not like making explicit eye contact. During the breaks, I would try to like – I can't – apparently I can't wave at him. I asked one of the court officials. <laughs> I was like, can I wave at Sam? He was like, no. What the fuck? Why would you ask me that? He was like, you obviously can't fucking wave at him. He was like, I would throw you out immediately. Uh, Hi, Sam. I I just want to be like, I was like, can I do like explicit gestures at him? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just thought it'd be funny. I was like, I'll just be like, I'm aware of the rumors. Before I forget though, the most important question here is though, did you get a good look at the sketch artist in there? Yeah, I could see you him. did, but no that that one that makes Sam like look like a hot guy. That's not real, that's right? Not real, no. All right, thank God, because that that was being passed around. I was real. I'm like, there's yeah. no way. No, that wasn't real. There's no way. Yeah, no. He looked like a fucking TikToker. You could watch them from behind drawing the sketches, bro. Mm. All right, so it, it didn't look like that. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But he's in there. You're in there with some other reporters and a few other random people. And how? This is a thing, as someone who's not a lawyer, I get confused with this sometimes when they're like, oh, they expect the trial to last X number of days. Mm-hmm. How do you know that, though, when you don't know what the witnesses are going to say or totally. what they're, what they're going to be asked? Totally. And, like, when the prosecution rested, we didn't even know if Sam would actually bring his case or bring his side. Like, they're apparently apparently they can decide not to, which I don't know why anyone would go through all this and decide not to. Sure. But um, like there was, there were like a, there was a day where they were like, okay, come back to us with your decision about whether or not you're going to bring your case. So I guess just going through all this, there's a lot of uncertainty. So they didn't actually give us an exact time frame that the trial would last. They actually originally gave us four to six week time frame, okay. and it ended up being four. It went really fast. Yeah. And what? How was the jury selection on that? Were you in there for that? I was, and it was so boring. So those yeah, days I not, barely remember. They're just like, strike, mm-hmm. ask them a random question. We just were hearing random people giving excuses for how, why they couldn't be there. They were like, I have a trip to Hawaii, like things like that. So All right, we'll get to the jury later by the end but because mm-hmm. I have some questions on that. But what – how – obviously you thought Sam was guilty, and so does everyone else, and he was definitely guilty of stuff. But how strong – and aggressive was the government's case versus your expectations. Oh my god, the government's case was like airtight. Like they had so many examples. They obviously had his best friends cooperating against him. Yeah. It was airtight. Like I I didn't think that I, I never really thought Sam had a chance because I think that the conviction rate is in the over it's 98%, 97-98. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And I remember on house arrest, I would ask Sam, like, what do you think your odds are of getting out of this scot-free? And there were multiple times in which he said, like, 50%. <laughs> this is what goes – this goes to show just, like, how I think that Sam is genuinely delusional. Yes. I Like, I think he's more delusional than he is, like, an actually evil, malicious person. I think he genuinely, like, thought that everything that he did was just going to work out just fine. Not saying that it's okay to ever use customer right, funds without other right. con- consent. I, think I don't I think he, yeah, I don't think he, like, ever thought that he was ever going to actually hurt another person in this because he's just fucking delusional. Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't, to this day, think he's an evil guy. Yeah. I think he's an idiot. Oh, completely. And I think he's delusional. I think completely. that's spot on. Exactly. I think he he's delusional. He just doesn't have a grasp of reality. He's reckless. Like, he he's, he admits to me that he has a, a really high risk tolerance. I've, I've been like, do you have a high risk tolerance? He's like, yeah. Well, I think everyone else's risk tolerance is just too low. Like, he says Oof. things like that where it's just like, oh, this is a little delusional. Um, overconfident, obviously. Reckless. Really high risk tolerance. And delusional. So I, I just, I think he's a lot of 
negative things, but I don't think he's like an actually malicious evil person. Like, I don't think he set out to do this so he could like run away on a fucking super yacht. <laughs> the crazy thing is, though, there's no way 50-50, there's no way his lawyers are telling him that. There's no way. I know. And he would say, like, well, I think I'm more bullish on my odds than other people. Oh, but no, I think, like, saying bullish. Oh, I I'm like, maybe you should be less bullish on things. <laughs> yeah. Take the deal, Sam. Yeah. And exactly. what was – was he offered deals along the way? He wasn't offered a plea deal. And I had asked him that during house arrest, and it was announced on the first day of trial that he wasn't offered a plea deal. And Sam was like, yeah, I wasn't offered one. But he was like, I don't think they'd offer me anything reasonable. Um, he was like, I wouldn't. I think he said something like, I wouldn't take anything below a few years on house arrest. Another moment where I'm like, that's delusional, Sam. You sh- if I were you, I would take 10, 10, 15 years yeah. if I was offered it. Done. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'd take like a few years on house arrest. I mean, that's the thing. I think that Sam genuinely feels he's innocent because I think he is like, well, I didn't mean to hurt these people. But I'm like, yeah, but you did the things yes. that you're being accused of. I don't think your intent was to literally harm people or to li- – I really don't think his intent was to just buy a bunch of luxurious shit. He obviously had a really nice apartment, a $35 million penthouse in the Bahamas. But I've been to his house a bunch of times. He's not someone who like cares yeah. about fancy things at all. Uh, he's always wearing like a fucking T-shirt with like food stains on them and like – Yeah. So I um, – but they were hitting him over the head with the private jet shit, right? Oh, yeah, the private jets. Oh, that's not good. 15 million on private jets. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's nothing people dislike more in a courtroom than a rich guy on a private jet. Oh, yeah, they use the picture of him in a private jet a lot. No one on that jury panel has been on a private jet. True. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck this guy. Guilty. Exactly. Guilty. They picture, like, the worst true. people on Instagram. Very true. That's right? so true. That is so true. Ooh. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I think he's delusional. How does it, like... They start off with the opening statements, though, obviously, and then did they went? Did they go right to the key witnesses, or did they go to experts first? What I was, was the balance surprised. there? Yeah, they had. So the first witness was a customer, but he wasn't even that impactful a customer. It was like it wasn't someone who lost his entire life savings and was crying on the stand or anything. So that one we can skip. I think the first, <laughs> not to be insensitive to the customers, I'm just saying they. I, I even some of the journalists we were talking about like. You guys could have gotten more emotionally impactful customers. I'm sure there's someone who's gotten their life savings ruined. Maybe like a little old lady, something a little more impo- emotionally impactful. Like the, I think the first guy was like, "Yeah, I'm a commodities trader." Like, <laughs> like and he didn't lose like these life a savings. Vest in there? Yeah. Like a little fucking fleece. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I mean, I think me and some of the other people that were in court were like, "Yeah, I could have gotten a better, better yeah. customer." Um, but yeah, the first real one was Adam Yadidia, who is. Sam, one of Sam's, I think, childhood friends that mm. he'd known since math camp. How did he react to that? I Sam mean, he knew it was coming. not very reactive. Like, he mm. didn't really emo- emotionally react to anyone. Although the prosecutors accused him of apparently, like, sort of laughing and making snide looks at Caroline Ellison during her testimony. But since he's facing forward, we can't, can't actually tell. see. Yeah. Um, his his lawyers obviously denied it. Um yeah, so Adam and Didier. So they kind of did just start off with the key witnesses. They didn't have experts in the beginning. Uh, Adam and Didier, Gary Wong, Caroline Ellison, Nishad Singh. I think it kind of went. Did they bring in the guy who came, I forget his name, the guy who came in to clean it up and was put in charge Oh, after? John J. Ray. No, yeah, no, they no. didn't bring him. Mm-mm. And Sam mentioned that to me. Well, because there was a point at which I was asking Sam, like, Sam, am I going to get subpoenaed? <laughs> <laughs> and um he was like well he was like well john j ray hasn't been like subpoenaed and he's obviously like at the helm of ftx now yeah. but he was like he was like it basically seems like they're not trying to subpoena people who 
came in after like all you know FTX and Alameda is actually running time. That's fast. Which kind of makes sense though, because it's like if what if if they subpoenaed me, I'd be like, guys, I wasn't actually there during FTX and Alameda. Yeah, you, I could see them not subpoenaing. That 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 makes sense. Mm -hmm. But that guy was a superstar in front of Congress Mm -hmm. when when Ray was going in there within the month after it was gone like true the clips from congress are wild i'm just thinking yeah. as an attorney i would want that guy I'm actually on the stand. very surprised actually that he did i don't know enough about like who they can and can't bring in but I, I, he actually would have been a really good witness against that's him. some the the line about the quick books yeah. going back and forth with the senator quick books? and they're like quick, quick books quick books <laughs> like exactly we both remember it so fucking good that's all you need is those little moments in court someone doesn't get so that out good. of their mind he was he's a great performer yeah, and he had expert. He was the guy who cleaned up Enron, I think, right? Yes, yes, he was. So this dude's been around. I he's, know. he's seen this shit, God and that God. was so compelling. It was. What, did you see Michael Lewis in the courtroom? He did come into the courtroom. Son of a bitch! He was. He actually showed his face. He did. Oh my god! I haven't actually read the book, so I can't like pretend that I know everything he wrote. But um, I did watch the sixty minutes interview. Um, but he did come to the courtroom. So for most of us. Like I'm, I'm going to call myself a journalist for this because I would go in with the journalists. But the journalists you are a journalist to... on this. I'll call thank it. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And for legal reasons, I need to be a journalist. Yes. So um, we'd all have to line up, and I'd fucking wake up at one a. I'd wake up at one a.m. and line up outside the courtroom. And Michael Lewis didn't do that, but got let into the courtroom and was sitting on the friends and family section. So that must have been said that. Okay. I don't know if like he had a different plug or if his family like literally wanted to fucking bring him in with them, but a different plug. <laughs> different plug. it literally felt like this is the fucking hottest nightclub. I'm like, this is the hardest nightclub I've ever tried to get into. I'm like, I have to line up outside like a bitch. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm from Vegas. No I'm like, text the fucking promoter, or get, get yeah, you inside. I'm like right. to the best nightclubs in Vegas. And here I'm like, I have to fucking line up at 1am. This is bullshit. Beck Lover would say he would have gotten people in that courtroom. hundred percent. Like I'd get you in. I'd Julian, I'd get you in there. No problem, brother. You talk to me, you get in the courtroom. You'd be second row. <laughs> oh my God. T- Tyler just um, had us talk. Oh, he just connected. <laughs> he, was, he, yeah, yeah, he, was, he was like, Mike, I got a good nightclub to go to on Saturday. <laughs> no, that's my guy. He is so funny. Is he? I haven't met Beck. him yet. But I was like, I honestly don't do nightclubs anymore. And he's like, trust me. (laughs) He's like, if you pay for a drink in New York, I'll jump off a fucking building. (laughs) He's like, he is so funny. That's fucking funny. Should we go out with Beck Lover? Honestly, maybe we should. It's okay. I haven't, I actually haven't done that yet. We're getting a little, little ambulance outside. Someone, hopefully they're not dying. God bless. But anyway, I haven't gone out with Beck yet. I've known Beck now for almost a couple years, but he is. Is he crazy? No, no. Well, he's 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 definitely like Beck's a lot. Like he's 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 like a really energetic guy at all times, okay. at all times. So if you want to call that crazy, then he's crazy. But he's demonstrated he will take people to like some of the best places in really? New York, and they they're in. They don't pay. They're nothing. actually really good. Yeah, the Albanians run New York. Oh, he's Albanian. When it comes to the nightlife, he's like Shkreli. Shkreli Albanian. Shkreli's Albanian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the Albanians really do have a. Damn. They have that on lock in New York. It's really If you want to go out with him, I'll go out. Okay. Do you want to go out with him? I do. Yeah. Beck's Beck's cool. Okay. This is my last weekend in New York. All right. I'll talk to Beck after this. Do you go out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Starting to go out more now being up here. Yeah. For three years, it was like when I was building down there. I mean, this guy knows. 
It was just seven days. It's still seven days a week, but at least like I'm here now. So I go out every now and then and like actually get the social life going again. Yeah. I need to start socializing again because I didn't go out at all during trial because it was like all consuming. Yeah. All the time. hundred percent. So Michael Lewis is sitting with the friends and family still. Did did his 60 minutes drop? I can't remember during the trial. It was like the day before. So I actually, they asked the jury, they were like, did anyone see the 60 minutes episode? So they actually asked that to the jury. So it dropped, like, I think the day before the tr- the jury selection. If people didn't see that, it's that's tough to watch. I know. I mean... What do you think happened? Do you think he just got... I mean, you've been close to Sam, so you would know, like, what can happen. It's hard for but... me because I would say that I... This, well, I don't know if this will be a positive thing for me to say, but, like, I also think that I'm slightly more empathetic to Sam than the general public. Because I are. do see... Yeah. So... I can't say that I'm, like, completely, like, disgusted by Michael Lewis feeling empathy for Sam. But I also am just, like, some of the things he said, I'm just, like, I don't know He was about in that. denial about yeah. his culpability. Like, even being, like, if if CZ had never cast dispersions on FTX, then they would still be a thriving company. I'm, like, I don't think that's what the problem was. I think it's, like, the fact that, you know, it was FTX was kind of like a house of cards built on tokens that Sam created himself. And also there was, like, a lot of use of customer funds. So, if the financial crisis hadn't happened, Bernie Madoff would still be running a thriving Ponzi <laughs> exactly. scheme. Well, because the thing is, Sam, to his very last days, still was, like, yeah, he still feels that if CZ hadn't done that, FTX would still be running and that um, he thinks that he could have gotten enough funding to plug the hole, et cetera. And you know what? Now that we're back in a bull market, I actually am kind of like, you're probably right in that if you didn't file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy and somehow managed to hold over up until like the, we're – I don't know if we're actually in a full-on bull market. If you managed to hold off, your company might actually still be running. But obviously that's not what like the actual criminal charges are for. It's not like the fact that you collapse. It's like the fact that you had taken the money in the first place is yes. why you're being it's charged. Exactly. So I actually think he's probably correct in that the company might still be running, but it's just kind of like, yeah, we would have sort of covered it up longer is how I kind of read it. So, Do you find it odd that a guy like Sam took the reins to start something like this and was able to actually do it? I'm surprised that people thought he was as smart as they thought he was. Um, But I think that he's so self-confident and so sure of himself that, like, it takes that kind of person who is that sure of themselves to actually go through with, like, starting a company like this. And I think that's the thing about – well, first of all, I don't want to diagnose him with any personality disorder. But apparently, like, a higher percentage of, you know, CEOs are – like psychopaths or sociopaths or have like these I think I've heard that yeah that's like a statistic and I'm not trying to diagnose Sam or anything like that but I think that people with those sort of qualities where they're so like sort of unfeeling and sure of themselves and maybe have some narcissistic traits are like the kinds of people who probably make the I don't know about the best CEOs but are probably people who um, just are seem so confident in themselves and and that's probably something you need if you want to start a company you have to yeah. yeah but there's a line yeah there's a line between being sociopathic about it yeah and being more of this is a bad term to use around Sam Bankman but like an eternal optimist yeah. in your abilities. Totally. Maybe not. You have to be realistic about your business. I mean, totally. the guys that I've all talked to who did this, because I never run a company like that, to be mm. clear. But like, you have to be a dog. Mm. You have to have all the other things, though, too. Like, to be totally. a good long-term leader. Now, are there people who have rose up the ranks, climbing on everyone's back, and nothing ever happened to them? They became billionaires, and 
You know, they lived and died. Yes, there's been a lot of people like that. But all the people you see who get caught for stuff or who blow up their company, it's that ego that does that. That guy Adam Newman with WeWork. Oh, yeah. Great example of that. And he is, I got to tell you, as a communicator, Mm -hmm. that guy is so interesting. He is a fucking, Sam should have taken some classes from him. Oh, my God. I watched a lot of, like, his. You believe him. I know he follows me on something we oh might, he does we might have messaged before yeah dude it's so funny i feel like all of the like sort of white color or like everyone whose company has gone down <laughs> so, they want to know yeah if they hear from you they got a problem it's like zach prince <laughs> the ceo of BlockFi, like followed me a couple of days before BlockFi filed for, for chapter 11 bankruptcy suzu or zuzu suzu it sounds right he followed me he's like the um was that three ac three AC? i think it might be three ac uh three arrows capital he yeah, followed yeah. me um yeah, a lot of those guys, like, it's been funny. It's been like a big You're collecting the stock picker. I'm collecting if I see someone, Yeah, if I see someone follow you, sell Inverse the stock. Inverse me. That's it. Inverse yeah. tip. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that guy, if you've ever, you should sit down and watch him. I think I he did one with Andrew Ross Sorkin like two years after it happened. Mm-hmm. He avoided talking to the media during mm-hmm. all that time. And he was with him for 35 minutes. And like, I know the guy is bullshitting me. But I believe him. Really? He's got the Bill Clinton thing, bro. Damn. You're just I like, I did not have sex with that woman. And you're like, you know what, Bill? I know you did, <laughs> but I fucking believe you because I think you believe it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And some of those guys, they're That's like interesting. that. interesting. I should watch some. Yeah. I That's need a like... good point you have, though. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't, but he's not, you wouldn't call, we certainly all day haven't called Sam like the dog, but I guess what you're getting at is that. When it comes to crunching the numbers and doing the things that require running like a financial house like this, since he has some of those abilities, albeit not cleanly, mm-hmm. he has irrational confidence in his yeah. ability to do that. Yeah. And that's where it comes out. Yeah, totally. And I feel like he probably, it almost makes sense why he's so overconfident just as someone who's in their 20s and was able to just get so much billions of dollars in funding from investors so quickly at such a young age in like i don't know a couple of years it kind of makes sense why he was just like yeah everything i fucking do fucking everything turns to gold yeah. like it kind of makes sense why he has like a bit of a cocky attitude i wonder how much his parents fed into that though Probably. just kind of giving him everything totally well i feel like I've personally never talked to the parents, but I've read a couple interviews of the parents. And it's, it's not what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> they don't that. want to talk to me. No. Some, they don't love me. But um, it sounds like they kind of always treated Sam as if he was sort of like intellectually special and superior. And like it, it, they probably sort of fed into that mindset that he's kind of smarter than his peers. Well, to be fair, for, fair to him for a second, and I mean this seriously, yeah. not with any type of shot at him. Yeah. He's he's got to be a little autistic, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I've asked Sam that, and he's been like, he thinks he's he must be on the spectrum somewhere. <laughs> I wasn't laughing before you did. <laughs> I think he's a little autistic. He's definitely, but and little... and like and that actually is some points in his favor there because yeah. there's a. There are natural medical disassociative. I think so. Yeah. Completely. That's why sometimes when people ask me if I think he's a sociopath or something, I'm kind of like, there's actually quite a few like similarities yes. between sociopathy and autism. And I can't, like, I think he has some interesting traits. Like he struggles to empath- or empathize with people sometimes. And I'm kind of like, 
sociopathy or autism. I can't tell the difference. <laughs> like, I really don't know. <laughs> you ever see the South Park like episode right after this dropped? Oh, where the, they had the cameo and he just, it's it just him and like, all these. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I asked him if he watched it. He was, oh, what did he say? Oh, okay. I kind of, <laughs> I brought it up. Oh. I brought it up, and I was just like, Sam, have you watched it? And he was like, oh, I haven't. Should I? And I was like, It's kind of funny, Sam. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Sam, you want to watch it together? I was like, Sam, you, you want to watch it together? Like, we should watch it. And he was like, Oh. And he, well, he was like, he said that he would be down to watch it. And Sam actually has a really good sense of humor. Like, uh, you can probably tell with me, I kind of like fuck with people a bit. Like, I would make jokes with Sam about like going to prison for life. So I, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I just joke about really horrible things. I joke about <laughs> myself too. Like I joke about how yes, I lost a shit ton of money. So I would like you make do. jokes with him, but I was just like, yeah, like I described it to him. Um, but in the moment he kind of was laughing about it and he was like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of funny. That's not that bad. And then I think he had like a, a couple of weeks later, he had a bit of a breakdown and he was just like, people aren't even making fun of me for like saying I'm sorry. And I was oh, just like, no. oh, then I felt really bad because we were joking about it. And he said that he was like, yeah, I have pretty thick skin and I find a lot of that stuff funny. And then like a couple weeks later, he was like, people are making fun of me for saying Is I'm he sorry. like texting you about that bad. or was that when you're with him? It was in person, yeah. I he was like bad. crying about it? He didn't like cry, but he was having like a bit of a like emotional spiral. A moment. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't know what people want. He was like, People ask me how I'm doing, but I don't even know, even know what I'm supposed to respond. If I say I'm doing okay, then people think I'm being glib about the situation. If I say I'm doing poorly, then people think that I'm being insensitive to the actual victims here. And it is it makes complete sense. Yeah, like I don't know what a good answer to are you. How are you doing? If he says he's good, it sounds insensitive. If he says he's doing badly, it sounds like he's trying to be the play the victim. It makes sense. He's in a tough situation. He's and he kind would of, call them victims. Well, he, he didn't use that wording. He was just like, it yeah. makes it sound like I'm being insensitive to the other people who are like yes. hurt or whatever. Yes. Um, and he's aware that people were hurt. Um, but yeah, it, he was having a little bit of a breakdown about like, I don't even know why, like what to say when people want to talk to me. I feel like there's no point in me even talking to people because anything I say is going to be interpreted negatively. And I kind of like felt for him because I'm like, yeah, I, I guess there is no real answer to any of those questions. Yeah, it's, but, yeah. it's a human thing. You straight, uh, imagine, basically, you can't. Yeah. You, know, you can't imagine the weight of the world on your shoulders with that, even if you did put it there. Yeah. But all these, it's just amazing to me. All these times you go to his house, you'd never talk to his parents while you're there. I know. They didn't like me. <laughs> like, I think Sam kind of intentionally tried to invite me over when they were, like, out of the house or were uh. asleep. And I didn't think anything of it, but I think it's because they, like, explicitly did not like me. <laughs> I could think of a few other reasons, but yeah. <laughs> But like with other, there were other journalists I'd spoken to that had visited Sam and apparently the parents would like sit in with them and like join in the conversation and had had invite invite people to dinner, but they did not want to talk to me. Like I tried to introduce myself. They're like, nope. So I don't think they were fans. Because they, you know, they're backroom dealers. They've been around a long time. They know what they know. Yeah. New York Times. Oh, you're good. Mm -hmm. How you doing, Adam? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Step right in. Mm -hmm. Right. Tiffany from what? Twitter? Who the fuck is this? Who? Who? Who is what this kind whore? of plebeians go on Twitter? <laughs> exactly. Twitter. Exactly. Come on, <laughs> Sam, a Twitter reporter. <laughs> That's not a reporter. Exactly. You talk to the Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I actually like. I don't know if the word respect can be used for Sam uh, publicly, but I was like. Shout out to you for giving a little Twitter person a chance. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do got to say, I'm like, 
Thank you. Gave okay. me a shot. Gave yeah, me a gave, shot. You, gave you a shot. That was my first interview ever. I've never interviewed anyone in my life. That was my first time interviewing the anyone. 1230 Brooklyn drunk on a date first time interview. Ever you, did, you did a good job. <sighs> game time players make game time plays. You were there. Thank you. You were on it. Thank you so much. All right, but back, back to the trial. We okay. got off this. Yes. We've been talking yes. about Michael Lewis and, okay. and all that, so we covered that. But honestly, again, if people haven't seen that in 60 Minutes, he was just in denial about it. And it was kind of tough because he's like this respected author, and it does make you question some of the other stuff he's written about before i'll admit it i'm trying not to because I, I i'm a fan but you know if you're still that enthused by the guy and he was that close to him that's and that's a difficult thing that's why i could never do that job and it's hard as a journalist too because you have a job to do yeah. and you have to be unbiased and you have it's to report. yes i mean imagine living with someone though for yeah. a couple of years yeah yeah I mean, like, I don't know. It, it's hard for me because I'm like, on a personal level, I considered Sam a friend. Like, I, I like I liked hanging out with Sam <laughs> largely just because we were so fucking opposite. He's just so nerdy and, like, so confused by just normal things. Like, if I told him I went to a bar, he was just like, what do you even do at a bar? <laughs> and I just found it, like, sort of endearing in a very nerdy way like I, I i thought our conversations were kind of funny and interesting because he was just such an we were both like alien species to each other yeah because i'm someone who like went backpacking and like partied and like socialized a lot and he's just like what do you do at bars like i visited the climate you care about so much come on <laughs> bars are climates too yeah i was like you, you have drinks and you talk to people and he's like so you drink alcohol and you just talk to random people yeah he, he's come on i know come on Got a little tism. Yes, definitely. That's, not a that's, bad thing. That's one way to say it's it. It's not a bad thing. It's not, listen, literally like the most talented people I in the world. I love autistic people. All right, this you is going to. You quote me on that. All right, I'll cut, I'll cut that part there. But <laughs> anyway, so. They, <laughs> All right. I was doing a good job. I was holding it for a minute. <laughs> got to get the, got to get it back. Anyway. <laughs> So they start bringing the witnesses through. They get all the key witnesses done. And, and as you were saying earlier, they didn't really have – it wasn't like they were really bringing experts. They were making their whole case airtight. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine the most fireworks testimony came from Caroline. Yeah. I How mean, long was that? Caroline's on, I think, two to three days, her direct. And then she had cross for a couple of days. Um, I I thought her, her testimony was – I thought everyone thought she was going to be the star witness – there were the most journalists lined up outside for Caroline's testimony. But I actually thought Nishad Singh's was, like, surprisingly very good. And what was his role over there? He, um, what was he? The, he was engineering, I believe, director of engineering. I forget the exact title. <laughs> but um, he actually apparently only found out about what was going on in September, allegedly. But um, he just had the most descriptive. He apparently actually stood up to Sam Bakeman fried a couple of times and, mm. like, brought to his attention, like, hey, like, what are we doing with all these customer funds? Did he end up getting charged with anything? He did get charged with quite a few things. I, I kind of assume that he's they're going to go easy on him, though, because he's also for, for, forfeited um, like a property that he bought, purchased. He's forfeited a lot of the assets that he benefited from FTX and Alameda. So he'll probably get a decent sentence. I don't know. Gotcha. So he was a star on this. What what Besides him being one of the few that actually stand up to him, was there... Were there key moments in there? He, that... he did like give these very detailed descriptions of his private conversations with Sam. He, and it was just kind of, it felt like watching a movie listening to him. He was just mm. like, so Sam was reclined on a chair 
and I was pacing <laughs> around the balcony. It was around sunset. Like so, like really vivid imagery. They also the government plopped up a nice photo of the balcony with the sunset. Michael like, Lewis is back there going, "That's good. Yeah, this is good. Nice this shot. is good stuff." Thank As you. I was watching, I was like, "Fucking screenwriters are gonna love this yes. one." Like it was good. So um, it was just the most vivid imagery, and it just was interesting to hear. Like he was just giving his like, "I said this." Sam says this, and I, I wish I could quote it all directly, but um. His, his, I thought, was impactful. Caroline's was impactful in that she she knew Sam very well, and she also cried on the stand. Mm. So that was an impactful moment. What was that over? Um, I think that was over her describing what the last week of FTX was like, and she described it as like the worst week of her life, and that she was just so full of dread for so long, and that it was finally like coming to an end, and that she actually expressed that she was... And Sam actually told me this. She said that Caroline described how she felt about the collapse and she said that she felt relieved yes yeah and was like almost even happy because she'd just been like yeah don't live a lie anymore yeah exactly which obviously does not look good for sam because sam is saying i didn't know about all these problems and i just found out in october or november and then caroline's like i've been living with this for so long so it's like how the fuck would this guy not know you're saying you didn't know sam so that was pretty damning she also just had some interesting anecdotes from like the fact that she dated sam and uh, apparently, Sam Bigman Free thought he had a five percent chance at, uh, at becoming president at some point. So that was a little... that guy would have never been president. I hate to break it to I him. No, not going to happen. Another another moment where it, we can just see how kind of like delusional he is, and like the the statistical likelihood of that is so low. He really said it at five percent. How did he, he come up 5%. with that number? Sam, okay, so one thing I've noticed about Sam is just that. And this is one reason why I think that some people who talk to him might think he's, like, just a fucking genius. But he just puts everything into numbers. Like, even yeah. if he's talking about an inter- interpersonal interaction with someone, he's like, yeah, I think there's probably, like, a 20% chance that they'll probably, like, say this. Just, like, s- always assigning numbers and probabilities to everything, even things where it's not even appropriate to assign a number or probability to it. So I think that some people, like, fucking Sequoia probably hears him talk like this and they're like, this guy's a fucking genius. <laughs> but when you actually, like, listen We're to this. make so much fucking money. Exactly. Like, they're like, this is a fucking, like, exactly. Um, but when you actually listen to the fucking numbers he's assigning things, I'm like, that's just wrong. That's wrong. No, there's not a 5% chance you're going to become president, Sam. No, there's not a 50% chance that you're going to get out of this scot-free. No, they're, like, every number he assigns to anything, I'm just like, that's just wrong. That's just mm-hmm. fucking wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I think that probably is something that contributed to this, like, vision that everyone had in their minds where they're like, this guy's a genius. But um, yeah, apparently Caroline also said that at some point, Sam said that he would take a coin flip if the odds were a 50% chance that the world ends and 50% chance that, the, that humanity ends up two times better off. He would take that coin He'd flip. He'd take the coin flip. Yeah. So that just shows you his fucking insane Yeah, he's wrist delusionally. Tolerance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, how do you... I don't know how to judge a person like that where it's like... Obvious, yeah, he's fucking delusional. I just don't... I don't think he's pure evil. But I don't know, like, what that means for, like, what I what I believe his sort of sentencing and everything should be. I don't know. It it it, it makes it tough for me to say what his sentencing should be. So I don't. I, I try not to give numbers on that. Yeah, it's it it's hard for anyone, but it's hard for people that also are in the middle of it because you don't. One thing I've learned about myself and a lot of other people I've talked with share a similar idea. You you most people don't want to believe someone is evil. Yeah. And. It gets even harder when you're dealing with someone who actually probably isn't, but there's a whole lot else wrong there. Completely. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah. It's not like I see him as like 
through rose-colored lenses where I think that he's, like, innocent by any means. But I'm like, it's a complex mix of, uh, yeah, a lot of weird weird personality quirks. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw you, there was, I guess you would call it controversial, wasn't that controversial, but you sent out a tweet that had a lot of people talking, you know what one I'm talking about. The one that said that I don't believe in life sentences? Yes. Yes. And I... I thought it was a great tweet. You yeah. weren't – some people tried to take it like you were saying, oh, so he shouldn't be punished. You yes. weren't saying that at all. Exactly. You were just saying, I feel a certain type of way that like this guy who I think was delusional and clueless is now potentially – and we don't know yet because sentencing, sentencing hasn't happened yet – but is mm-hmm. potentially going to go to prison for life. Completely. I'm not rooting for that. I'm not rooting for it. And neither, yeah. by the way, neither am I. I, yeah. I don't sit here and go, oh, how many years did he get? I know. You know what I mean? People get like that Completely. About stuff. I mean, people, I, I get comments of people being like hoping that he gets raped or murdered. I don't know if I can say that, but, you know, yeah, you hoping really yeah. horrible things. Um, like, I don't wish that on Sam. I, I'm not someone who doesn't think he should go to jail. I think he should go. Right. He should spend some, some time in prison. But I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't feel equipped to put a number on what I think is fair, but anything that even approaches life, in my opinion, I just don't, I don't see how it affects customers positively in no. the first place. Like, I'm someone who lost a ton of my life savings to Celsius, and I actually fucking hate the Mashinskis because they've, like, personally antagonized me. Celsius tried to sue me. Uh, really? Celsius spent... We'll come back to that. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Chrissy Mashinskis posted strange rumors about me <laughs> that I broke into their home. You know, I told you I leaked information. She made weird rumors about me that I broke into Celsius network systems, that I that I broke into their physical home. She also made a rumor that I helped Sam bakeman fried bribe Chinese government officials where I was like, out of all the things that oh. Sam fried has done, <laughs> you think I helped bribe Chinese government? I wonder why they I thought that. I was like, a little racist? Yeah, just a little. I think I said that in a video and some people were like, why would you think that's racist? I'm like, what other Come connection on. would I have to Chinese government? Come on. I know. So it's those people I actually fucking hate and think are like truly evil human beings. Yeah. But um, even then, I like, honestly, like my main focus is on the fact that I hope every single fucking cent they ever like benefited from Celsius gets clawed back to creditors. Yes. I hope their fucking Manhattan penthouse gets clawed back to creditors. I want as much of my fucking money back as humanly possible. And sure, I, I guess they should go to prison and everything. But my main priority is like I want my fucking money back. Make people whole. Exactly. Yes. And I want to move on with my fucking life. Yes. Um, so that's my main priority. I know other people don't feel the same, and obviously they need to be punished. Obviously, it's a great deterrent to put yes, someone in prison. So correct. I see those as reasons for why they should go to prison. But um, yeah, it's not. It's never been like my main focus for either Sam or the Mishinskis. And I'm not gonna lie. I obviously like Sam more as a person. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there's more. There is more. There are more traits to be empathetic of. If yeah. you know him like that, like you, yeah. I can see that. And yeah. even if I don't want to be like, I, I understand that. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I've said this before on the podcast a bunch, but sometimes when we start talking about these cases, whatever they are, mm-hmm. whatever the criminal case is, reporters and therefore all of us throw around terms like five years, 10 years, 60 months, 60 years, like it's a fucking deal at the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. But I mean, try to think about having a conversation with yourself five years from five years ago. You couldn't, you know what I mean? That like that's a long fucking time. It is, you know. And so someone's like, oh, you know, he got off. He got five years. That's five years of his life. Like that's a big deterrence. It's crazy. So to me, yeah, if the guy gets like twenty years, that's a wild sentence. I know. 
You know, that's a long, he's fucked. Completely. Like, people aren't, it's not like, oh, someone's going to go commit a fraud. Oh, Sam only got 20. There's, you know what I mean? Exactly. We do this thing where, it, 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 I don't know what the year is, but it crosses a point where it's like, the deterrence is there. Exactly. And that's just my opinion. I think even like fucking 10 years, I think that's a deterrent. I mean, I also, apparently the median sentence for fucking murderers is apparently 17.5 years. And the median sentence for like uh, sexual assault is even lower than that, obviously. Um, and uh, like, I don't know. You can even like Google it. I don't know, like, but that's what I've seen. Yeah. And I'm like, and like, for example, I watched the Jared, F- I don't know if you saw like the subway uh, guy, Jared Fogel, who was like a child predator. I know he about had, like, it. 14 fucking child victims. Oh, he got awful. 15 years yeah. for 14 child victims. And I'm like. And Sam, I'm more worried about that for the public. Exactly, completely. Like yeah. I see prison, like the people that I think it's worth spending taxpayer money to fucking like yes. keep them in prison off the streets are the people who are violent and are actually like, I don't want them on the fucking streets. Sam, it's like the main thing I hope he never is able to do. I hope he's never able to fucking touch anyone's money. I hope he's never able to run a company or start any or part, even work at a financial services business. Like I hope he never touches anyone's money again. But is he a fucking threat if he's just sitting <laughs> Uh, they're able to walk the streets and see the light of day. Like, I don't no. think he's an actual threat. Um, but I, I, I do know. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, because people aren't going to – I mean, Kevin O'Leary might let him run a fucking company, but <laughs> – No, I mean, he says that. But yeah. a lot of people I, – I tend to agree. And like you yeah. said, there has to be something because there has to be a deterrence. You have to Completely. create something that makes people go, ooh, I would never want that to happen to me. Completely. But you got to be careful with it. And even Matt – We'll talk about – he's – Matt Cox, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's so open about the fact I was guilty of every single thing yeah. that they accused me of and I had to go to jail for a long time. Totally. But he's like, when they gave me 26, I was a little surprised because my actual like victims were like banks. Mm-hmm. He's like, now if I had really – he said I stole identities off homeless guys, which was interesting. But if I had completely taken away – the life savings of people, a la maybe like a Sam Bankman Fried or something. He's like, well, you know, if they give me 26, I would have understood right. that. And that's, there's something to that, it's you true. know? But he, you talk to him, he's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be 15. It's yeah, got to be something totally. like that. Like, you're going to jail. When you do something wrong, you're going to jail. That's just what it is. And that's why he ran from the FBI for many years. Oh, did case. he? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You just met him. You I just gotta, met him. I just you met gotta, him. You got to check that's out his funny. story. It's pretty wild. But anyway, back going back, we're going back and forth from the trial. I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. But going back to it, so they bring all the witnesses through, and then, like you said, no one was sure what the defense would do. Was it only bringing SBF to the stand, or did they bring any of their own witnesses they too? Had two witnesses who I thought were both not super impactful. I think one of the witnesses was a lawyer who joined or who started being Sam's legal counsel. After the collapse. So they weren't there during the relevant time. And I was just like, what are you trying to like, I don't know what you're trying to do with this. <laughs> um, he seemed very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he felt really bad. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, so... I don't think this is necessarily helpful to your case. And then they had like some expert witness who had just very, like he looked for a really specific set of d- data in the FTX databases. And I don't even remember what that set was, but I remember the prosecution was like, so that's all you looked up. You didn't look up anything else. You didn't look at the movement of funds. You didn't look at any of this. You just looked up this. Nope. Tank. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> so that was all. Sam. those were Sam's two witnesses. And then he testified. So how many face palms did you see from his attorneys? Like how many? Of you, like, oh. <laughs> oh God. I mean, even when Sam was testifying, there were like 
some some questions that had been objected to and sustained, and Sam would answer them anyways. And his lawyer, his lawyers at one point were like, <laughs> "Sam, you've been sitting here for a month. You know you don't have to answer questions <laughs> if they've been sustained." <laughs> I don't know if it was you or someone else, but there there were some people posting like the transcript of like Sam, bup bup bup. Lawyer, so did you get this? Sam's lawyer, objection, judge, sustain. Mm -hmm. Sam, yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was kind of a fun, it was actually a funny moment. It was like, um, I forgot the exact context was, but Sam was saying like, yeah, of course we knew that we needed to safeguard customer funds. Um, and like, of course. And the prosecutor was like, so do you consider not embezzling customer funds to be a, a, a part of safeguarding them? <laughs> and Sam's lawyers, object, objection. Sustained. Sustained. And then Sam goes, yes, I consider <laughs> I consider not embezzling funds to be an aspect of safeguarding them. Oh, do you think his lawyers wanted him to testify or he insisted on it? I I knew Sam would testify. It was just knowing Sam and yeah. knowing that he, like, like, first of all, like, likes to talk. Second of all, likes taking a fucking gamble. He likes taking a fucking yes. risk and will always swing for the fences. Uh, I knew he would testify. So I think that Sam's lawyers – I think that Sam – ended up with those lawyers because he already – I don't know what's public about his first set of lawyers, so I won't go into that. But he already had a set of lawyers before these ones. And I kind of assume that he chose these lawyers because they would, like, let him do what he wanted to do because something else happened with his previous lawyers. Um, so I, I think they kind of have – they've kind of had to let him go off and write his little sub stack, let him go off and do his little media tour. So when it came to testifying, I'm sure they were like – Yep. What's the worst That's that can Sam. happen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like they're still getting their paycheck. So like, yes, they like are. hey, this guy's doing this to himself. Like it's not even our fault if he goes to prison. <laughs> like he's done it. God, I hope my lawyers are better than that. I, I hope they're like, you sit the fuck down. Exactly. You shut up. I know. They should just like broken his phones like during house. Like yes. it's not, not good. Yeah, that's if I'm paying lawyers like that, they better be doing that shit to me if I'm that right. dumb. <laughs> but how many days did he testify? I think it only lasted like three or four. Four days, I believe. It was and how long. long are these sessions, though? Like when he's testifying, are these like three-hour sessions, six-hour sessions? There are breaks throughout the day, but like we get court starts on at like nine thirty. We get out at around four. A couple breaks in between, so it, there's breaks, but yeah, pretty long periods okay. of talking. And how would you describe the jury watching him testify? It was so hard to. Okay, I I felt like they looked annoyed with him. I felt like I saw some eye rolls. I saw some furrowed eyebrows. I saw some sort of like when two jurors would sort of look at each other and just be like, like eye roll at each mm. other. But I also was like, maybe I'm overreading this. Like, I don't know them too well. Maybe they're furrowing their eyebrows and they just do that when they, when they listen to things. I don't know. So I didn't like put too much weight on what I was seeing in the jury's faces, but I could, you could kind of sense that they felt a bit kind of annoyed at this guy. And Sam, I thought, did fine in his direct testimony, but I thought that he, in his cross-examination, just came off so unlikable. Like, mm. I, in my notes, I was, like, writing, like, fucking dickhead. <laughs> he just came <laughs> off like such a fucking dickhead. Damn it, Sam. Right? I'm just like, why are you doing this to yourself? But, like, in his, in his direct examination, he was giving his entire recounting of how FTX and Alameda started and how, what his intentions were. He just wanted to make a better product. It obviously wasn't fraudulent from the start. He remembered lots of moments. Then cross-examination... They'll ask him like a really simple question like, so you 
you met with Bill Clinton. I don't recall that. You, how did you get to the Super Bowl? I don't remember that. And then they would just corner him into questions. So they're like, so how did you get to the Super Bowl? I did you did you fly on a private jet to the Super Bowl? I don't recall. Well, let's pull up the fucking photo of you on a private jet to, on the way to the Super oh, Bowl. The one with him sleeping. Yeah, like and oh. I don't know if that one exactly was from the Super Bowl, but you know they had Exhibit A, B, and C where like they asked him, "Do you recall this?" And he'd pretend he didn't remember. And I'm like, you know, they're about to fucking pull up a picture of this, <laughs> and he would just pretend that he didn't remember anything. Um, so it was just so frustrating just watching that. As a jury member, I'm just like, this guy doesn't fucking look trustworthy anymore. He remembers how Alameda started in Airbnb, but doesn't remember that he, like, met Bill Clinton. Like, that's a pretty memorable thing. Yes, <laughs> I would say I'd remember it. That'd be on my list of memories. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. And was he literally saying, like, the line, I do not recall? Literally, the prosecution actually counted it, and it was over 140 times Ooh. that Sam said, I don't recall, I don't remember, just wouldn't answer really Ooh. straightforward questions. And some of those questions were not even fucking damning or, like, directly relevant to his criminal charges. It, like, did you meet with Bill Clinton? You saying yes to that doesn't mean you're admitting to fucking fraud. But he did not look great. But... Yeah, well, but, like, not being able to admit something like that, I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, it's better... To admit it than to say, I do not recall. Because mm-hmm. then if you don't remember fucking anything, then how are we supposed to trust your entire day of testimony where you're trying to – where you're retelling your side of events? You know, like if you don't remember any questions. <laughs> you're not – it's not going well. Not so going well. did you think this was going to be – there were, what, seven or eight counts, right? Yeah, seven counts. Did you think it was going to be seven for seven? I was actually – I was like maybe like – I knew he'd be found guilty on at least – some of the counts, most of them probably. But I was like, maybe like there's maybe one juror has like some uncertainty about maybe one count. I'm no lawyer, so I can't say which which ones are the most doubtful. But I was surprised that the jury decided on a verdict within four hours of yeah. deliberation. They didn't even let the pizza get there. Exactly. They they got back there. This is a financial case too. Mm-hmm. Like so Ra- complex. Raj's jury deliberated for 14 days. Wow. Because again, you got to go through all the numbers. And then when the government tried to hit his brother a few years later, they deliberated for like three hours. Wow. Same types of things. And, and they found him innocent. Oh. The brother. Holy shit. Which tells you that like, you don't even have time to go through the numbers and find... So- it's more impressive when they find someone innocent that quickly because it's like there's yeah. nothing here. When you find someone guilty like that though, it's also pretty <laughs> impressive because there's not... You know you might be sending someone to prison for life. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like you did it. I know. It's fast. But, Alessi, can you actually pull up Tiff's YouTube channel? There's a there, The recent video was right after. Oh, which one are we doing? The one that was right after the verdict where you were running back or whatever. Oh, God. If you go to the main. So it down, um, down. Uh, guilty on all counts, that one. Click that one and cut like 40 seconds ahead. I gotta give you the other account. I'm sorry, I have the commercials on there. I have YouTube Premium. Fucking peasants. So you shouldn't be you shouldn't be having commercials. All right, cut to uh, yeah yeah the second timestamp, the beginning of the second timestamp. Yeah yeah yeah. Go ahead. Yep. We're good. Apparently there's a verdict. I was like shitting my pants. So you went home. I went home because I was talking to the court marshals. I'm dumb. They're not letting anyone in at this point. That was stupid of me, but I'm right outside the court. Pause it for a second. Sam Bigman-Fried was found. So they, you talked to a... I was talking to the court marshals um, that day, and they were like, 
there's no fucking way they come up with a verdict today. They were like, because I was like, you're good. Yeah, I was like, I'm so tired. I kind of want to go home, but like, I obviously want to see the like, like the verdict. <laughs> and they're like, it's not going to come in today. Come back on Monday, like, because we had a Friday off court. And they were like, there's no fucking chance. They're like, I, we've I've watched fucking dozens, hundreds, whatever of cases. It never comes back this quickly. <laughs> and they were like, especially for a case like this, like this is obviously a really complex case. It's a kiss of death right <laughs> exactly. there. So they were like, come back Monday, maybe sometime next week they'll come back with a verdict. Four fucking hours, I was at my apartment, I literally was like shitting myself. How close are you to the courthouse? Like a 12, 12 minute walk. Not okay. that bad. So she's running back. They're running. We're good. Guilty on all seven charges. I really was not expecting a verdict tonight. Like I said, I spoke to some of the court marshals and they said that they've sat through dozens or hundreds of cases and they said that it's very rare for Fuck them to you, Bill. Hours, <laughs> the jurors must have felt dead sure that Sam was guilty. And I'm also surprised that he was guilty on all seven charges. I'm not surprised in that I thought he was innocent. I just thought that maybe there would be a longer deliberation over, you know, all seven charges. So the fact that they found him guilty within hours on the same day was kind of shocking to me. I was expecting this verdict, to be honest, but I'm being repetitive. Not, not so quickly. So I'm outside. Kind of annoying. Right it's now. exciting. I really wanted to be there <laughs> to see Sam's reaction. Oh my God, hi. Oh, uh -oh. this is Kate Rooney. We love Kate. Hi guys. Beautiful Kate Rooney. Oh my gosh, wow. wow. I'm Are so you... pissed that I wasn't in the room. Oh my God. Because I thought the verdict would come in like tomorrow. I, I did too. I said we have 30 minutes left. I was shocked. All right, pause it. People, yeah. I'll put this link in the description. People will check it out. But Thank that's you. that's why people like you because it's very. It's we were talking before the camera, but it's very woman on the street, like just going with the flow, not like all boxed in. Literally everything with the media. Has been and they on liked my you. Phone. Yeah, they liked you. I love Kate. She's that's cool. cool. Yeah, she so made friends with all the people in the courtroom. I did make friends with everyone. Kate was so adorable. She like came up to me. And she was like, "I'm a fan." I was like, "What the fuck? You're like, you're on TV. You're like the fucking actually <laughs> like, fan of you." Um, but yeah, everything I've done has been on my little iPhone. So. But you didn't get to be in the courtroom then when it happened. I didn't, so and they... I really wanted to. I wanted to like wave bye to Sam. Like, <laughs> See you in prison. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, so many mixed emotions about all this. But his obviously his. There were reports about like his family was all broken up. It seems like they were a little bit in denial too. I think so. But you had had we had been hinting at this earlier. You had never talked with them as we said at the house, but you did have a moment with his mom. We did in have the a courtroom. We did have a moment. When was that? This wasn't. This was before the verdict day, obviously. But I left court a little bit early one of the days, and as I was going to pick up my electronic device. Because you have to turn it in at the beginning yep. of each day. Um, I saw Barbara Freed walking the same direction. I was like, oh, I guess she's leaving early too. I think that they were talking about um, some of the properties that Sam's parents benefited that day. <laughs> so she might not have wanted to be in the room for that one. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, we're going the same direction. In my head, I'm like, this is my internal dialogue. I'm like, okay, do I say something to her? I should probably say something to her. I mean, I've been to her house before. It'd be kind of rude if I didn't say something to her and just say hello. And obviously, I'm like, she's probably not going through a great time. So we just got to the electronic pickup. We're standing side by side. And I just so fucking timid, so fucking beta was like, hey, um, I'm sorry. You must be going through a really hard time right now. Um, I'm, I'm just really sorry. <laughs> Didn't know what to say. Didn't plan that out very much. But it was literally just like, I'm so sorry. You must be having such a hard time right now. That's pretty much the extent of it. And she was just like, who are you? Oh, she hit you with the who are you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, no. And I'm like, I was being so fucking beta. Like, yeah. come on. So I'm like, okay. And I was like, oh, I'm. my name's Tiffany. I've, I've actually been to your house before. And she's like, oh. Oh, I know who you are. 
it was like so it just fucking snapped at me and I was like oh um yeah she was like you wrote that very unfortunate article about Sam oh she said unfortunate article god she's so upper class (laughs) such an academic um I was like uh sorry are you are you confusing like I because I, okay, I have a Substack, and I but I don't write articles. I've like reposted some things that Sam has sent me, and I've like posted every a lot of Celsius leaks I've posted on my Substack, mm. like wallet addresses and things that are written. I've reposted on Substack, but I've actually never written an actual article, let alone an article specifically about like Sam and I. But she was like, "You wrote that very unfortunate article about your conversations with Sam." So I was just really confused. I kept asking the same question and asking for clarification. I was like, are you talking about like a video I posted or, or and she's like, no, that article, that article. And I was like, I, and so we were like walking out of court and she kept repeating this to me, like yelling at me. And uh, she, uh, we got outside and she was trying to pull up whatever article. And then oh, she just, no. I know. But then she just stopped and she's like, you know what? I can't even talk to you right now. And it was just really, really dramatic to like the point where there were a couple of people who were standing outside of the courthouse that witnessed this. And they like came up to like, comfort me and they were like why was that woman yelling at you are you okay did that lady hurt you exactly and they didn't even know it was sam's mom but they were like why was that woman yelling at you and i was like that was sam Bigman. oh they didn't mom. know they didn't know it was sam's mom these aren't these aren't they, photographers i think then. that they were probably like people in the public that maybe were like in an overflow room or something like that maybe they hadn't seen sam's mom in mom in person but they didn't know it was sam's mom and they were like how yeah, do you not know? Okay, right. I know. I didn't. I was surprised too, but I was like, "That was Sam's mom." And they're like, "What? Yeah. Why does she?" Hate? So yeah, that was a quite a little interaction. Well, she's going through it. I mean, I I I'll empathize with that. Too. That's the thing. That's why I'm, I I kind of feel bad talking about it. It was like obviously a noteworthy experience, but I'm like, yeah, she's obviously like having the worst time of her life. Like her son is potentially going to go to prison for a really long time. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Yeah. So he, you weren't in there, obviously, but he. What did some of the – you had talked to some of the reporters who were. Did they say that there was like a dose of reality moment from him or same status quo? They said that the mood in the courtroom was actually just pretty somber. Like no one yeah. was cheering for the fact yeah. that someone's life was over. And obviously even like the jury members didn't look like they were proud of themselves or anything. Um, it's like at the end of the day, like I've said, like I'm probably more empathetic to Sam than the average person. But – after watching the trial, I would have had to write guilty as well. Like, there was so much yeah. evidence. Um, and I kept asking what Sam's reaction was, and pretty much everyone said that he was just stone-faced. Like, there was no reaction. And ultimately, I wasn't actually surprised, even actually in the in that we don't have to watch the video. But I think I said, like, I can't actually imagine Sam um, being super overly emotional because he's not a very emotional person. And that kind of, like, lined up with what I heard from people yeah. in the courtroom. They said that he didn't cry. He didn't – there was no emotion on his face. He mostly just turned to talk to his lawyers when he heard the verdict. And he didn't even turn to look back at his parents until he was being actually, like – escorted out of the room or whatever Mm. so as he was exiting apparently he looked at his parents and gave them a little nod um and then exited but apparently his parents were obviously yeah it's heavy yeah it's heavy for sure and he's at the middle of you know there's all kinds of unanswered questions that probably always will be unanswered about this and people's conspiracy brains will always be tingling just because of who his friends were and i understand that i understand why people think that i i mean i sit here and wonder it too you know he knew the most important people and paid off the most important people. And I guess to the credit of the justice system did see the full scale of justice. What people will always wonder though is was that just pushed along to kind of 
take the spotlight off it, say, look, we got him, he's in jail, and other people who may have had knowledge or involvement or some shady dealings with him never get looked at. Do you ever wonder about that? I'm not necessarily a conspiracy theorist. Um, I That's good. I know that there are a lot of people who are saying, well, since Sam made these political donations, he's probably going to get let off like an or yeah. pardoned. I personally am not under that, but like, there's well, no. Well, it didn't happen. Well, yeah. yeah, it didn't happen. He's some people are like this. I still get comments of people being like, he's never going to see the inside of a cell. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? He's literally in fucking jail right yeah. now. <laughs> um, so there's still like delusional people like yes. that. I think that if anything, I don't think the political donations are going to help him at this point. I mean, now these politicians have more incentive to just publicly show, look, I'm not, I'm not corrupt. Look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not with this guy. Like, I don't support this guy. And there's no new money coming in. Like, they don't have any incentive to continually help help him like the, the billions of dollars that sam was getting it's all over now like um so i don't think it's gonna the political donations are gonna help him if anything i feel like the politicians have egg on their face and they're gonna like try to publicly distance themselves as much as possible i also though i'm sure that there's probably some things that politicians did that they probably don't want coming out in the oh, second yeah. trial oh so, yeah like i think there's probably incentive for some things to not get made public but um i don't think that they're going to be like rooting for him to get pardoned or get sent free or anything like that do you think the second trial will happen or they'll come up with a deal god i mean i wonder because at this point it feels like fucking overkill like you guys got him on seven charges he's already facing 115 years i don't think we really need more charges to be for him to be found guilty on like it if anything it would feel like just for show and just to send a message if we did the second trial because these nope. are the political charges this time? Yeah, that's the only thing that – why it might look weird if they yeah. dropped it. But it's just kind of like all the resources it takes to put on like a criminal trial and like with these very high uh, – highly paid prosecutors and everything like that. To do a whole another round of this feels like overkill. Yeah. Because <laughs> he already got found guilty. So, I mean, logically I don't think it should happen. But if anything, like it might look bad for them to drop That's it. the thing. That's the one. If they drop those ones exactly. or like make a deal on those ones. There might be ones, like a public outcry. Oh my God. All the, you're going to have every tenfold hat in America tingling. 100%. Yes. So that's, the, I think that's, if the political charges donation or political donations charge wasn't in that one, then I'd be like, no way. But yeah, now I'm like, yeah, maybe they have to just so, to keep these conspiracy theorists at bay. I don't know. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mess, but. I, I'll admit, when I first saw it come through, I did not think he was ever going to – I should say I felt strongly that there was there was a good possibility he would never face the full brunt of things. I knew he was going to have to face something. He mm -hmm. wasn't going to – they weren't just going to let him walk. They were going to have to do something. But there would be some sort of deal, and it doesn't appear that way. I mean, I, I don't mm -hmm. know do, – did you have any beat on what the judge thought of him? I mean, I know he was, like, violating the conditions of his bail yeah. on the build-up. That's probably not good. Yeah. It was Judge Kaplan, right? Yeah. I don't think the judge is a fan of him. Although oh, the judge also good. seems like he's a relatively fair, even-mannered judge. But um, I've heard mixed things from people. Um, I was just talking to – do you know Gene Borello? He's like yeah, a mobster. He's friend. I, th yeah, I saw yeah, he's yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. But I was talking to him, and he was just at MDC, and he said that Kaplan is a really harsh sentencer. And also Martin Shkreli told me that Kaplan is a really harsh sentencer. Although when I read some like articles, I think I read a Bloomberg article that found a couple of examples of Judge Kaplan going below the recommended guideline sentence. Um, so there's examples on both sides, I guess, of him being harsh or him being slightly lenient. But I don't think he's Sam's biggest fan. I think Sam probably came off as a bit pompous and didn't necessarily take responsibility for his actions or own up to anything. And I guess kind of like wasted everyone's time yes. going to trial. Like, yes. 
So I don't know if Judge Kaplan's going to be too pleased. And I also wonder if he'll find that Sam, you know, if he might see, think that Sam perjured himself on the stand. So there's a lot of factors at play here. And obviously yeah. the amount of money that's gone is just off the charts in the like guidelines. Political capital in this situation, if we're speaking, if we're speaking like politically, Kaplan and judges, look, I'm not in their head. They are trained to not worry about that stuff and rule objectively when it comes to things like this. But let's be honest, they're all still humans. Mm -hmm. They're not robots. Mm -hmm. There's so much attention on this and so many vibes against him. Mm -hmm. The only outcome, possible outcome for Kaplan is bad here. And the only way he has a bad outcome, meaning like in the press for him, is if he gives him too light of a sentence. Completely. There's no downside to Kaplan putting this guy in, in jail for life. No one's going to feel empathy for it, so he could technically do it. Completely. That's an interesting dichotomy for I 100% agree with that, and that's why I'm kind of like, I think there is actually a, like a higher than... If this case wasn't so high profile and had so much media attention, I think that maybe Kaplan would lean towards a sure. moderate sentence, yes. uh, especially since Sam is young, but God, with all the eyes on this, it would look bad it for him bad. if yeah. he gave him a moderate Is he on the sentence. other trial too? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I know. Tough for Sam. I know. It's really not, not looking so good. And well, it, yeah. you've done a great job covering it though. Thank I mean you. this is this has been really cool for you to to kind of get your whole start on like the biggest case in America and knock it out of the park. So you should be proud of that. It's crazy. I mean, I obviously never expected anything like this to happen, but it also feels like a sort of a, I'm going to have a bit of an existential crisis because I'm like, <laughs> I started off with a fucking bang, started off with the fucking biggest financial fraud scandal of our generation. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking cover from here. Well, what did you, what happened with Mashinsky, by the way? You were talking about that for a second. Oh. Like you, they were accusing you, they were suing oh, you or they, something. Well, Cel well, Celsius the co as a company tried to sue me for leaking information. Um, and they spent $72,000, I believe, trying to sue me, thinking about suing me. And it came up in a bankruptcy filing as Tiffany Fong litigation. <laughs> I would have been like, why wasn't it 150? I know. Fuck. And they fucking owe me more money than that. I'm like, you could have just fucking given yeah. that to me. But yeah, instead, they just burning a creditor's money to potentially sue a fucking creditor. Insane. And I'm not someone who ever broke an NDA. Like, so they're suing me for leaking this information or wanted to sue me for leaks of information. You don't work there. Exactly. I, didn't, I don't fucking that, work that, there. That, that's so I'm like, thing. did you spend that much money talking to a lawyer for them to tell you that I didn't fucking break an NDA? So you don't really have anything here? Well, in New York, that's about four hours. But still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Christ. True. That's it's fucking wild. ridiculous. It's crazy when, and I think you're right. That's more the axis of evil when you see stuff like that, Completely. where people are trying to destroy people. Completely, you know, and they're very aware of it too. Totally. And when does his trial supposedly start? September 2024. So I'll definitely be. You're gonna be covering that. I'll definitely bad boy. be here to cover that. Yeah. Is that in SDMY? Mm -hmm. Oh, let's go. I know. Do you want to come? I'll. I will go to that. <laughs> I'll. I'll come there for a day. Of that for that sure. Sounds fun. I've yeah. never done that. My dad's a lawyer, but he's a civil lawyer, so I've watched oh. him like cook in, in court, but it's not criminal That's cool. stuff. Okay. But I mean the, Sam's was my first time going to court. So. It's it's a heavy it's a heavy thing, like you said. And I, I don't you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the courtroom, you know, no one cheering and stuff like that when someone gets found it's and I get it sometimes like when a murdered family's when the family of a of, of a murder victim sees that they'll cheer. I, I get it. Mm. It's it's a heavy thing. But mm. you know, there's there's life and death in the balance in there, and it happens with a gavel. Completely, it's crazy. It really you know? was crazy. I felt a little. I felt like emotional after the, after the verdict. A lot of things going through your head, I'm sure. Yeah, because you know him. 
I know. It's like on a personal level. And obviously I was like, this is the right decision. Obviously, he, I think he was guilty. But yeah, it is, it is hard to think about someone going to prison for that long. And like we were saying, even if you went away for 10 years and you were like, put that into perspective, what that means for someone's life. And I was just thinking about, you know, I was able to have all these very candid, unfiltered conversations with Sam sitting at his house. And I was like, oh, the next time I'd be able to talk to Sam in any sort of unfiltered, normal way without being, I guess, surveilled or anything like that. By then in 10 years, like I might have, uh, I hope I have like fucking kids and a family and I'm going to be, have a house and like my life will be so different. And like, I don't know, it it made me kind of sad to think about like, he'll just be sitting there and I'm going to be off doing something else. And it made me really sad to think about his time stops yeah. while, while it keeps going, too. Exactly. It's a very weird thing. Exactly. But, Tiffany, great job on all this. Your uh, YouTube channel is Tiffany Fong. Thank we'll you. We'll link that in the description. Thank you. Your Twitter is Tiffany Fong with Tiffany an underscore. Tiffany Fong with one underscore. Okay, we'll link that as well. I really enjoyed this. Awesome job on the case. And thank you And you're very so entertaining talking about thank it, Thank you. This was so fun. You guys are great. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.